On this episode of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, Sir Guido writes in about limiting distractions. Fredericks on the forums asks, what's the deal with Slack? The professor asks for advice on GMing Traveler for the first time. Almal Rolfson writes in about his living campaign idea for a game convention. Steve writes in about DMADD of the Hill People asks for advice about a player wanting in-game knowledge out of game. And Colin writes in with a gaming nightmare. A full show, starting now. The following program may be explicit. And he's a laser-printed hero, a figure cast of lead. And if you miss a dice roll, he may just end up dead. Don't forget about his backstory, both family and foe. And if this is his last stand, that's just how the story goes. You're listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon and beer. Yeah. Got the rhythm and the rhyme flowing. Get your feet and your booty going. But it's a little too hip for this impending nerd blast that is Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. Why problem make when you no problem have, you don't want to make? Thank you for joining us. This is season 17, episode 13. Very smooth beginning. And I'm, I've got things going on in the background there. It's gone. Uh, Happy Checks RPG Podcast, season 17, thir- uh, episode 13. My name is Stu. My name's Dave77. I'm Joey. I'm Proby Tim. And we got a new guy here, Joey. Hey guys, Joey, who is also uh, one of the two newest Poxy Boggards, who's been Ow. in the band now for a little over a year. A little over a year. Already, has it been that long already? Yeah. Actually, yes. Wow. No kidding. Wow. And he survived. Time flies. We, My we, liver didn't, but no, <laughs> no. And we don't. We don't haze anymore. <laughs> or like any old days. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've gotten old and tired, so we don't do that anymore. Your, so your, your hazing consists of hey. Get me a beer, man. <laughs> Pull my finger. <laughs> <laughs> so, so give give just to very briefly, just give everyone your your uh, your RPG gaming bona fides. Okay, uh, yeah, I started RPGing uh, back in sophomore year of high school. Uh, started with I think so. That's like two years ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, started with like D and I think it was either two point five or three point It's been a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly played up through five So playing a five game. Uh, I've experimented with uh, White Wolf, some vampire, some mage. <laughs> Mescaline. <He> experimented <laughs> with White Wolf. <laughs> I learned it from you, Tim! <laughs> it's okay, everyone goes through that phase. It was college, it was a weird time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just woke uh, up with. What are we doing right now? We are. Uh, wet and wild eyeliner all over his face! <laughs> Actually, the mage was a LARP, so it got really weird. Oh, oh really? Oh, it, was, it was odd. LARPed mage? Bar- LARPed mage. Was people like, fireball, fireball. No, it was, it was a lot more LARPing of a... LARPing mage is actually a pain in the ass. That's, that's I, like hardcore. We yeah, were, uh, yeah, yeah. We was kind of low-key. We were all delegates trying to elect a new council of nine, because in our game, the council of nine oh. had gotten destroyed. Okay. So we were meeting in like a convention room at UCI, mm-hmm. and you would just go in as your character, and you argued with the other members of the different 
towers and figure more out. More of a political game. It was much more political. modern United Nations, but for geeks. Right. <laughs> so it was awful. It was because <laughs> MUN is pretty damn masculine. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know what? I used to be a page for them because they used to hire Boy Scouts to go and run messages back and forth between the delegates. At Get the, out of here, really? It was at the a Model UN they used to do at Cal State Long Beach. I, did I know it. that it like one. Two years ago. I've heard of it. You know what's awful? Up. I was watching uh, Parks and Rec, and they have a whole episode about Model UN. And I'm watching it. God, I wish I had Model UN in high school, and I realized, oh, I already do that. <laughs> like, D&D yeah. D is Model <laughs> UN for people with less of a social life. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, there was a, it, Most of the notes I, were passing, I was passing were people trying to pick up on each other. <laughs> so, like the UN? Probably, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's basically it. You know, played a couple different games, uh, doing some Fantasy Flight Star Wars RPG, which is a lot of fun. Did the Saga edition for Star Wars. Played that game for mm-hmm. about three something years. What are you What are you running or playing right now? Uh, currently running a D and D 5.0 game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are running a Fantasy Flight Star Wars game, uh, Edge of the Empire, and we're actually doing another 5.0 game uh, by Play by Post on Facebook. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah, we have a whole Facebook group set up and just post when you can, and right. the DM runs it, and it's it's pretty nifty. It's it's different. Fantasy right. Flight Star Wars. Yeah. Well, not that uh, by play by that, post. That's play by post. But yeah, yeah. But how do you do the dice mechanic play by post? No, no. The D and D one was play by post. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I flipped the two in my head. Yeah, we, yeah. We tried a play by post for Fantasy Flight, and it just got That'd complicated. We all had the rough. app, yeah. and it just yeah, yeah. I can see that. <clears throat> all right. Uh, you want to read this, or should I read this? Oh, please. Okay. Uh, if you are local to Southern California area or plan to be visiting this Labor Day weekend, come on down to the LAX Hilton and join the Happy Jacks RPG Podcast Gang at Gateway 2016, the final Strategicon Game Convention of 2016. Four days of your favorite gaming, including tabletop, board games, and miniatures. Not to mention a live broadcast by the Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. Woo-hoo! On Saturday night, special registration discount for Happy Jacks listeners. That's Gateway 2016, September 2nd through 5th in beautiful Los Angeles, California. For more information, visit strategicon.net. Strategicon.net. Indeed. And thank you for writing the blurb. That you was bet. much easier than me going, uh... Ah. And it's, uh... There's a con ah. coming up, I, th- I think. Alex, <coughs> I think that there's some sort of thing going on! So I'm thinking for, to, to get people to come to the live show, which is usually fairly well attended, mm-hmm. but I guess the last one wasn't. Uh, that Game was X. the one That's the that one Kimmy you did? were not there. Yeah. Yes. That's right. I'm, so it was probably, what, five of us? Maybe six? I don't know. I wasn't there. I think that's what the problem was. Well, you were out sick. That's yeah. right. Yeah. But I did make sure to stay shut up, Tim, in the middle I, of the I heard that. I heard that several, several times there as I go. listened to it. I was many, thinking about putting times. up some of my old gaming books that I don't use mm-hmm. and having a raffle. That's good. So oh, people who wow. show up, put your name on a piece of paper, we'll put them in a hat. and Are you going to autograph the books? Hey. I was just going to give them away. No, no. Actually you used by Stu. <coughs> I was going to give away the D&D 5th Edition Big 3. Mm-hmm. Because I have a, the Player's Handbook, Monster Manual, and, and DMG. Because mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to run that again. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about giving away my whole Hero 6th Edition collection. Oh. Which is book one and two, bestiary, fantasy hero, superpowers, and I think the small rules book. How much, is the, how much is the trailer going to cost you? 
It's not that big. But it's, well, that, actually, <laughs> that actually, that's one suitcase. Uh, oh, uh, if only Kadev was here. I know. <laughs> and 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 Just I was also thinking that in. about true. getting getting rid of my uh, new World of Darkness stuff. Really? Because I'm more more invested at this point in old World of Darkness. Because mm-hmm. I've I've been getting the 20th anniversary books, and it doesn't look like it's going to be a dead system. No. Uh-uh. I mean, it's still going strong. But I, I've just never played new, and I've got Promethean, Werewolf, God Machine. Can I? I have the update. Okay. Can I? Can I put in a just a request to make a side deal for you for your uh, second? Well, if I'm going to use them for the, if I'm going to use them for the thing, I'll give you money, and you can <laughs> raffle the money off. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, I'm not sure about that one. Anyway. Can you we'll talk. We'll talk off? about that. I don't know. Why not? No, I guess you can. You just say, "Here's twenty bucks." At that man. point, it's kind of a lottery, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? There you go. Right, but I, either that, or I'll I'll go through the game room and see if there's something cool that's not my refuse. <laughs> Pick something up, or maybe I can like pry it out of one of the exhibitors. Hey, you want to donate something? Just give that's, me that. You know what? That's pretty good for promotional consideration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I don't know. a lot of them would do that because there's a lot of. Uh, I don't think a lot stores. of them would do that. Well, no, but there's. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of game stores that put their stuff in the That's uh, true. vendor room, and if you were like, "Hey, you know, we do this podcast. If you give us a book to give away, we'll plug your game store on the ca- on the live cast." I probably would have better luck with a publisher because there's a few publishers there. That, probably that too. We happen that- to have a publisher sitting right in this very room with us. <laughs> who, Joey? You want to tell us about that? Who, <laughs> who might who might want to toss in a time. copy or two of his game? Maybe, maybe, maybe we can. Yeah, let's. What could that be? If maybe not, we can ask someone. Fuck that guy. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll write up a proposal and I'll we'll pass it through the committee and make sure it's good and we'll present it and see what happens. <laughs> Put it in the committee. Yeah. Can't you just say fuck no and just get it over? With? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm write up a proposal. Jeez Louise. <laughs> yeah. What's the deal? It's not like you've never said no to me before. <laughs> Say, but I figured it might be it might be a, a nice way to maybe boost attendance a little bit. Yeah, because totally. I mean, we've had some of them that have been like very well attended, like probably fifty, sixty people, and we've had some of them have been kind of thin. I don't know. Who, it, it might be fine. I've got a lot of flyers. I think I printed up seventy five or hundred flyers. Okay. So I'm going to paper the whole place. Since you're uh, brand do you, new, do you want to read uh, the first email? Uh, real, right. Hey, real limiting. Quick, yes. Do you want us to mention the um, podcast, the live show on our games? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I want you to mention it to everyone you see. Oh, uh, don't tell me that. <laughs> everyone. Because that will happen. That's what I want. Everyone okay. you see. <laughs> I want to see the maids. <laughs> hey, hey, little boy. You want to come see us? Talk onto a microphone. Mission <laughs> I finally saw that movie. I hadn't Sling I've never seen it. Yeah. Really? I've never seen it before. I watched it on Netflix. Fantastic film. Hey, but you still haven't seen Raising Arizona. No, I haven't seen Raising Arizona. Or Dirty Dancing. No, I will probably never see Dirty Dancing. Oh, yes, you will. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. I, oh, no, 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 no. I've never seen E.T. I know. You want to step in on this one? Oh, I already gave him help for it before the podcast started. I, you know, the, we were talking because I went on Joey a... Joey wasn't even alive when E.T. came out, and yeah. he's seen it. Yeah. Do you know what they do in E.T.? They show they their, their radio song. They do play. They play oh, yeah. D&D. I went on a hike at Griffith Park yesterday, 
a night hike, and I realized when I was telling them that I've never physically seen the Hollywood sign. I've lived in Southern California my entire life. Wait a minute, you've never looked up? <laughs> I've never been in a position where I could see it. I've seen it on TV. I've seen it in movies. I have never physically seen the Hollywood sign. Now, you're not talking about, like, up close. No, you're talking about, at like, all. The big... At all. Like, he's never passed it by the freeway and went, oh, no, look, there's the Hollywood I sign. I cannot remember driving oh, on the 101. Side. You can't see it through the smog. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm That's from Long Beach. I was born in Long it Beach. explains your accent. Yeah, I know. So... Dude. Right? So, I mean, and, and, you know, we didn't, if we went someplace, we took the 405. And you don't, dunk, you can't see it from 405. That's true. Yeah. So we never, I, I don't think. Uh, although you do have a lot of time to look around. Yes, you do. Well, <laughs> when I was a kid, it was fine. For those of you not in California, that's a highway traffic joke. Yes. Yeah. The, but I, I don't think I've ever physically seen the sign. So I was talking about taking a hike to go and look at it. But from the other side. <laughs> well, I've been on the well, other well, side of the like? mountain. Uh, you, don't you see the back side of it? I mean, I yes. Right. Well, that's at least seeing it. I'm saying you just forego that and just keep it going. I could. I've got a really good streak at this point. I could. 50 years in Southern California, I've never seen the whole like, So that when combo. you are dying on your deathbed... And will you me out? You know. There will be two things we do. It's like, one, we're going to will you out. Watch E.T. To- and Dirty Dancing. <laughs> and Dirty Dancing. Project them on the Hollywood sign. And then, oh, yeah, we'll put it on the Hollywood sign. <clears throat> we'll cover all the bases right before we put the pillow over the face. You could try. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going first. I'm saying figuratively. I mean, I know I'm. I'm going. <laughs> My personality alone. I mean, yeah. Someone's going to just say, "Shut your mouth." <laughs> One day, Tim's just going to go. Oh, yeah. Well, right. Shut your mouth. Shut up, Tim. Shut up. Sorry. Tim. Shut up, Tim. Limiting <laughs> distractions from Sergito. <laughs> Joey, go. All right. Oh, before we, before you start, <laughs> I realized I didn't grab a beer before I came in. Does anyone want anything? I would uh, love a beer. I would love a beer. I would okay, love a beer. Right. Just not IPA, please. Go. Yeah, okay. Uh, limiting distractions from Sir Guido. Well-met defenders of the damsel douching duffel. Uh, Sir Guido here with a question to pose. What can I do to help prevent squirreling in my game? Squirreling. Precisely. <laughs> squirreling means tar- uh, tangenting. I can read, I promise. Uh, remember the scene from Up? Squirrel. Squirrel! There you go. I have six players in my game, and they have a tendency to go off on long tangents. For long periods of time, and I find it difficult to wrangle them back into the game. What's worse, I'm a big culprit. Let me explain. I'm a 38-year-old guy with only a few friends. At work, during the week, I don't really talk much to my coworkers. First, I work in a call center. I hear oh. you. That's, I'm right there with you. Uh, first, I work in a call center, so I'm chained to my phone all day. Second, my coworkers are much younger than me, and we share very little interests. It's a job, and it pays pretty well, but for someone who has no continuing education to speak of, so it is what it is. Uh, I love my wife, I love spending time with her, but our work schedules have very little overlap, so I basically get about an hour a day to spend with her. This means that I, do, I don't really have any place to share the cool things I've seen or learned or stories of work, etc. This means that every 14 days, I get four hours with people who share my interests and that I am friends with as well. So we game. But I am boiling inside with all these things I want to talk about. Uh, I try so hard to bring. Uh, I try so hard not to bring them up, but everyone else seems to talk about some serious squirreling. Squirrel, and I uh, I jump in and add to it, and next thing I know, it's been an hour or more down the drain. There have actually been sessions where literally nothing happens gaming wise because we go off on tangents. 
I can tell some people get irritated by it, and I want to stop, but I don't know how. Help. Thanks, Sir Guido. P.S. There is no P.S. P.P.S. Ha! I just made you say P.P. <laughs> P.P.P.S. Why are you still reading this? P.P.P.P.P.S. Okay, drink. Oh. Which oh. I will. Ah, you don't get that one. Ah! Ah! Unless you want this one. No, 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 no. With this one? You don't think that one? Yeah. Actually, is, blonde? Are, yeah. is blonde good? It's all right. We'll find it's out. okay. This is a Kolsch. I love Kolsch's. Oh, okay. And they have a couple stars. Yeah, the blonde's good. It's solid. There's another blonde if you want to open the blonde. I'm good. So I actually, uh, I read this prior, and I thought about this. And there's two things, actually, I have as, as a suggestion. I don't know if it would work for you, Guido, but this is my thought. So the first thing is, you know, I, Tim will know this immediately, but for those of you who don't realize what geeks we really are, so we work in the tech industry, and one of the things that uh, you'll see in software development is a, a style of agile development called Scrum. Scrum basically, you know, and I don't want to go into that, but here's what's really important. Uh, so what happens is that... The th- it's an acronym where to no actually it is, it is actually a reference to uh, the rugby action where everybody just gets together. Oh, and pushes okay, okay. Right. yeah. So one of the things about Scrum, and I'm not going to go into too much more about it, but when you have a daily stand up, you literally stand up, and the reason that you actually stand up is because they want people to stay focused on talking about the the project itself and, and the deliverables, and they realize that when you sit down, you often kind of go off on tangents. And uh, really, oh yeah. And so one of the things, and, and I, I know that I'm a little infamous on it, but whenever I run <clears throat> games, especially at conventions, when you really have want to maintain focus, I always stand, and yep. I know it's like. Three hours, how the hell do you do that? Well, I do sit down occasionally. But the reason I stand is because I want to basically keep my players as my primary focus. And when I'm standing up, it's not as easy for me to just kind of go off on tangents because I realize I'm here, I am the GM, I need to keep focused on the game, and it it basically keeps my momentum going. So that's you, one of the things that I personally do as a tip to, uh, to you know to maintain my focus when I'm running a game. The do, you, second, do you find that yeah, your it. players uh, also maintain a better focus on you when you're standing than when you're sitting? Uh, a little bit. Uh, it, well, I'm very animated. Hard to believe. <laughs> and part of the the ability to stand up allows me to be able to focus on players as like certain things. You know, may come up during the gameplay. I like walking over and, and being able to work with them. You know, on a one-to-one basis, as opposed to uh, s- j- just having that distance. But but that's just me. Uh, the second suggestion I have is if you're actually finding that you're going off on tangents in four hours, then cut it to three. And specifically, when you realize that you have cut your time down, it will encourage you to stay focused because you realize that we you know as a gaming group we need to get started on this we don't have the time to you know relax and if you at the end of your three hours then decide to spend the time you know hanging out you know having a few beers that kind of thing or 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 like we do sober up to get home (laughs) basically make your playing time more focused and concentrated to be able to limit the tangential conversations that may take place that's that's hard to do though when you have as little time together as Sergito is talking about. Not that I'm saying he's doing it for four hours, so it's like okay, what happens when you do it for? Three? <clears throat> well, I would say, 
and it's going to require a little bit of uh, focus and structure to pull this off. But you say we've got four hours. The first forty-five minutes are bullshit time. Everybody gets here. We sit down. We bullshit about our day. We talk about our jobs, whatever. At this time, the game starts. Mm-hmm. And but there, that, that's the it. problem with doing it in the beginning as opposed to the end is uh, then basically you can overrun that hour. That's totally true. Yeah. Yeah. That is a problem. I know that we what we used to do, uh, and actually that LARP that I was doing with Mage, mm-hmm. uh, because it was a LARP, we had to have a room that was specified for in-character and out-of-character. I think creating a, a distance, an actual physical distance, between where you're talking about um, you know, gaming and, and nerdy stuff and, and hanging out, and then but have that be away from the table, have that be at the couch, in the kitchen, away if you're going to be gaming... And I think giving that distance is going to kind of help separate, okay, this place is for bullshitting, this place is for serious stuff. I could see that. So when everybody gets there, you all hang around the uh, sofa in the living room, and then when you move to the dining room and sit down at the table, game is on. Exactly. Shit is on. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. When you, uh, depending on what <clears throat> your game, when your game is scheduled, maybe you arrange to do something social a- after the game. Maybe you played for four hours, and then we're going to go to a bar, or we're going to go to a restaurant for dinner, or something like that. Or a bar. Or a bar. Or a bar. Or maybe a pub. Oh. And and then a bar. And then a bar. bar. (laughs) (laughs) And then then just know, okay, after that, you can decompress and talk about the game. Probably a great way for the GM to overhear some... Speculation from the players, and it, it gives me a little bit of time to sit down. Right, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that might um, maybe post post game. Just let everyone know we're going to get here. We're going to you know immediately play. Boom, because um, that's a, one thing that happens with our Tuesday night games. Uh, everyone who shows up is usually here by seven thirty. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a little earlier than that. We don't start until like eight eight ten. It's all. People greeting, talking to each other, all that stuff. <clears throat> so we really only get two hours in. I try to get two and a half, but really, yeah, and that's on Tuesday nights. But th- I mean, th- that that's not something where we could go somewhere afterwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But right. if it was like you know, if we wanted to have like like a vampire game on a on a Sunday after you know, we, if we run from like you know two to six, we could go out to dinner or something afterwards. If we wanted. but okay. I mean, we don't really like okay. each other, so. <laughs> <laughs> I hate all those people. <laughs> we um, we tend to go really over on Vampire, though. There have been a number of times where it's like, yeah, we're going to stop at 6. We'll be done at 6. Right. 8.30, we're still playing. Right. Well, I mean, the Vampire game, I'm looking more for like a 4 to 6 hour session. Yeah. that's I'm assuming, because it's on the weekend. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we tend to hit more the 6 than the yeah. 4. Yeah. <laughs> I have no other suggestions for him. Uh, I wasn't going to talk about Vampire. Oh, don't even go there. Oh, don't, don't. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I will say a word. Why problem start. make when you no problem have, you don't want to make? I can say a word. <laughs> I will start throwing things at you. And I'm a pretty You're going to throw things. Do you want some things to throw there, Dave? <laughs> you know, I have some jacket bottles. <laughs> the, um, I said nothing. Throw down my headphones. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't expect anything to come up on this. <laughs> That's what he asked me. He's like, I said, you want to come on the show? He says, who's on it? Tim. Yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, truth be told, I Tim, it moved when he told me you were going to be here. 
You know what I mean. Timmy. Timmy, it moved. So the next letter <laughs> is... Uh, <laughs> What's the deal with Slack? I'm going to read this one. Okay. Actually, you should, because... Yeah. What's the deal with Slack? From Fredericks on the forum. Okay. So I hear from the actual plays that you were using Slack during play to PM stuff, to PM each other's stuff you don't want to share with the other players. Mm -hmm. So tell me, why Slack? What's it got to offer over WhatsApp, Telegraph, or plain old SMS? You sold me on OneNote... Though now Scrivener is an iOS app I might I may defect. I don't know Scrivener, I'll have to look at it. <clears throat> I, I'm very heavily invested in OneNote that it's now everything good. is actually mm-hmm. already in it. <coughs> Coughing. Uh, can you do the same for Slack? One of my players has a Windows phone. I know, right? Is Slack uh, available for him? I <clears throat> is the Slack available on Windows? Is, uh, I don't think anything is available on Windows Phone <laughs> yeah. anymore. No, um, they keep dropping apps out of their app store. Oh, like no it's going out of st- Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's really bad. I used to have a Windows Phone. I think the operating system is great. Um, yeah, it, actually, just- I, was very, I had it for a while, too, and uh, I was surprised that it, it was actually very robust. But yeah. the, the problem is, is that there's, there's no, no app support. It. Yeah, there's no app support. Unless you decide you want to get you know something made by Nokia... In conjunction with Microsoft, do you know? You know they're getting back into smartphones. Nokia, is? they're going to do an Android. Oh, good. I, I don't. I Are don't. they really? Yeah, this is so. Uh, you know what? We're going into. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah we we'll, I'll rant about this, this later. Just talk to There's about plenty of shows talking about the new do that. <laughs> Watch it there. Roll pink, bitch. The the no, the the thing is though, um, the Slack website is really really good. And even if you don't have uh, your Slack, app, always use the, the yeah. You always use the, the site. Slack website is awesome, and that will probably work on Windows Phone Internet Explorer. Probably, maybe. I mean, there's a. Chance. I'm just doing a search right now to see if it is available on Windows Phone. Slack beta Windows apps on Microsoft Store app directory. Slack apps. Oh, there's their list of of apps right there. I'm just curious. If they have it, um, I don't know. I can't tell. This is you not a helpful. Us. This is not a helpful page. <laughs> it's not telling me shit. So the reason why Slack <clears throat> is so good uh, is because from one application you can have multiple teams, um, and teams are like groups that you have different mm-hmm. chats going. Like I have a team for the um, Happy Jacks podcast, which includes the Mode of Sin and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, I have one for uh, Jim and Gina's game, the condo campaigns. I have one for games that I've run. Uh, and in those those uh, different teams, they're all in the one app, and you can set up private chats with members of your team. You can set up um, group chats, specific channels for specific uh, topics, and so on and so forth. I really think that in a gaming scenario... It's much better if you have a laptop or a tablet to Slack to other players than on your phone, because on your phone it's real small, and you can type so much quicker on a full keyboard. Yeah, I've seen some people type pretty fast with their thumbs. I'm just talking... <laughs> I said nothing. <laughs> well, this guy is like Somebody on the chat room has already accused me as being high as hell, so I'm basically <laughs> a lot, just keeping to myself... <laughs> my, 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 my I did smell something on you when you when you came in. 
Look, man, I live in Santa Monica, all right? It's in the air. Right by the pier. And Venice. I, I just think that, for me, personally, um, when we've played, and you slack a lot, uh, a, a full, my Surface, with its little flip-down keyboard, is perfect. I, don't, I think the reason that we used slack is because... It was something that was available on everyone's device. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it has any features that are better than anything else, particularly. It's nice to be able to, like, I can set up a channel. I need to talk to the humans in the Star Wars game. Mm-hmm. Or I need, and I can set up you know, individual people because I have, like, a Happy Jacks hosts Slack, and it's got a ton of Happy Jacks hosts in it. And then. I have a group for Vast Dominions and a group for Empire's Twilight and a group for the the Vampire game, which has all of the people, those people in those individual groups. Mm -hmm. Um, The other nice thing is it keeps all of the history. It does. It keeps all the history forever. So if you if, if, if an important conversation happens and it's like I don't remember, do you remember? Oh, we did it over Slack. Let's go back and look. There it is. But I, there are a lot of other apps might do the same thing. We just happened to pick that one because that's the one we picked. There's nothing special, I don't think. It's really super easy when, for instance, I want to tell Kimmy something about Stork's character. I can just do a real quick private chat with her, and then if I want to immediately take an action that I don't want anyone to know about, with one click, I can be talking to Stu and type that right in and send it to him. And it's, it hits him without me having to you know, write down on a little note and hand that to him because oh any chat app <laughs> works better yeah. than than passing notes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because there's less of the metagaming thing happen yeah. happening you don't have to worry about what do you mean well if i'm sitting here and i'm in a conflict with with tim like our characters are in conflict with each other and you know we've come we've come to we've it, it's come to a head and he passes a note to the gm i don't want it, to it's that whole thing is <clears throat> it's Schrodinger's metagaming. Mm-hmm. I I know what I think I want to do, but am I trying? But am am I thinking of doing it because I saw him pass the note? Am I metagaming, or am I go- Is it something I was going to do anyway? But now I wonder if I should do it because it's going to look like I'm metagaming. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. Or if you're a really cruel GM, you start passing out notes that don't say anything just right. to fuck with the other players on the metagaming level. Look at me through the <laughs> so, look at me sideways and nod knowingly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, that that pretty close to that. So uh, when I was running one of the uh, Spirit seventy seven games at a uh, Strategicon, I handed a note to a player saying, "When I give you the signal, I want you to just stand up and run and screaming out of the room." <laughs> and I didn't tell any. And, and, and she just looked at it and went, "Okay." And she folded up. And we went for about an hour. Didn't even like come up. You know, until finally, in the middle of a scene, like at you know, the, one player was talking, her best friend, and I just pointed at her, not even keeping an eye contact, and she did it, and everybody at the table stopped and could not believe what happened. <laughs> what? What? What just happened here? And I won't go. I don't know what did happen, and you know why? Because I am puckish and cruel in my way. Radzap is in the forum. He says the NSA will mine your Slack and use it to blackmail you. My slack got me twenty years in the pokey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that—that's what they're gonna get me on, right? <clears throat> Not the grandma porn. It's going to be what I talked to Stu about through Slack about big blue monkeys. <laughs> it's code. 
it's real. Uh, so yeah, my house is RFID proof, so no one can e-meta game. <coughs> That's Dimitri. I'm, I'm sorry, I outed you. I did not know he lived in a Faraday cage. Yes, he does apparently. <laughs> yeah. See, now we're talking science stuff. Oh, it's just the geekiest <laughs> show on town. <laughs> All right, so I—that's why we use it because it's what we use. Sure. I, 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 everything else that you mentioned might be able to do the same stuff. I have no idea. All I know is it's not one note. First time runner traveler from Prof. Who would like to read this email from Prof about first time running traveler? Me. Oh. I'll take it. You read it, right. didn't you? Yeah, but it was short. Uh, if you want to read it, go for it. Greetings, Jack Dawes. <laughs> Jack Dawes? What's Jack Dawes? I don't know what that means. Is it a joke you mean like Slackjaw? Oh, it could be, Slackjaw? yes. Uh, I'm new to your podcast, but I but am thoroughly enjoying it. Uh-huh. I've binged your whole 17th season so far and have been happily jacking for the past two weeks Q Soundboard. Go away, Baton! Thank you. Me too. Thank you for playing that one. <laughs> Kidding aside, I was thrilled to hear you folks mention Traveler so much. Oh, <laughs> I gotta tell you, I got the second edition Mongoose Traveler book. I'll talk about it after I read this. Oh my god. So awesome. Um, as it is my favorite, as it is a favorite system of mine. I've played in several games online and now want to try GMing. Now, I've only GMed other games before. D&D, GURPS, Call of Cthulhu, among others. But I've but I haven't run a game of Traveler before. In addition, this gaming session will also be part of my grand scheme to convert my in-real-life friends to the gospel of Traveler. My dog is going crazy. Um, they are all experienced RPers, but haven't played Traveler, uh, though they are all though though all are sci-fi nuts. Classic Trek, Firefly, Star Wars, Mass Effect, etc. So I'm confident they'll enjoy it. Let me let you tell you right now, there is a very strong theory out there that Firefly was inspired by a Traveler campaign. Oh, yeah. Um, and there's a lot of... not not I wouldn't say... You can make a case that it's true. Oh, yeah. I don't know for a fact, but you can make a case... I mean, certainly not the science part of it, because I don't know if you've I, ever seen the Firefly map of the world. Well, the, oh, my God. <laughs> I, I've never played Traveler, but from what I've heard you guys talk about it, it's... It's fantastic. It's Well, I'm t- from a Firefly standpoint, it's mm-hmm. very... It, it is. I mean, Firefly is one of the three types of campaigns they suggest when you run the game a yeah, free trade free trader mercenary unit and i don't forget what the third one was <coughs> i and remember fact, reading somewhere that they had said that Joss Whedon had originally wanted to do a, a, a western mm-hmm. and that uh, because it's very clear that a lot of what they're talking about in firefly is post uh, american civil war yes yes so, mm-hmm. but but I, I i could see that sure yeah uh, in fact, uh, somewhere around here, I have either a journal to the Traveler's Aid Society, which was the old periodical from the original Classic Traveler in the early 80s, or it was from one of the FASA, like, High Passage books. But there's a section in the back where it sh- they give you, like, a subsector, and it talks about various things, and it talks about, you know, this area is is dominated by reavers. And that's, that's his, probably published in 82 or 83. Sure. 
So, I mean, it doesn't mean anything, but who knows? Uh, I tend to be a bit overambitious. I can spend too much time world building. Anyway, the, oh, the reason I mention that is if you're trying to sell them on the on Plane Traveler, let them know that Firefly, which is everyone's favorite show, might have been inspired by Traveler. Uh, I spend too much time world building and the like to explore themes in my games. For example, I run a Dark GURPS game based on the old RTS myth, The Fallen Lords, and its sequel, which explored the idea of why bother fighting a big bad that is destined to win anyway. Or uh, not. Uh, uh, anyways. Anyways. Or not, if you played the video game. Uh, I've tried to keep it simple this time, just made the setting a near-future scenario where humans have just discovered jump. It's funny you mention that because I, I've i been formulating in my head <coughs> since getting my Traveler book of doing an exact same thing. Oh. Where, where it's a civilization that's only had jump for maybe a few years. They've colonized a few planets, but things are just barely kind of starting out. Let us discuss this later. Okay. I have right. a reason. Uh, uh, jump, uh, jump recently and are encountering a wider galaxy for the first time. Um, I'll let where the PCs go decide uh, where to really color in the details. In addition, I've already warned my players that character generation is, is a different animal than they are used to, so don't come with a strong vision in mind. That's absolutely true. Lastly, I've decided that once each character is created, I'll ask for three motivations from the two PCs, two of them public, one of them being secret to the players. This is already getting longer than I'd, I'd like, so... Oh, if I had a dollar every time I said that. <laughs> you might have a dollar. <laughs> I've, oh, I'm biting! <laughs> Uh, I should probably get to the darn question. First question, any advice for first-time Traveler GM? Secondly, any tips for getting new players hooked on Traveler? And lastly, because it's only tangential, um, I'm running a tangential? Gential. T um, I'm running with your, a your new... genitals are tan. Tan genitals. I'm running with a new edition of Mongoose Traveler. <laughs> Excellent. I'm excited to give it a shot. and was wondering, what are your thoughts on... Uh, Mongoose Traveler 2. I will give you those in a minute. Thanks for all you for your laugh. Thanks to you for all the laughs. The Prof 739. You can call me Prof from Rhode Island. P.S. Since the show tends to be a drinking game, make each subsequent take a drink a double. Oh boy. Alright. Um, the biggest thing, the biggest hurdle is going to be Especially if you if you play with players who are used to either point by systems, or any system where you get to make whatever kind of character you want, because even D and D has gotten away from the randomly generated character. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can still roll up characters, yeah. but usually you can put the numbers in whatever spot you want. I mean, you don't, yeah, very few people do the hardcore roll f six three d six in order. Yeah, the last couple of games we've played, it's all point by. Yeah. And I think I did the roll three d six in order once. Yeah, oh, we like, did when I was a kid all the time. Now That's I know we make this said. joke a lot, but when you did that, did you use the encumbrance rules? The what? Oh God! The encumbrance rules. I've of never. D &D. The what? The only encumbrance rules I've ever used were in Kerps. The what? Ah, uh, look, <laughs> you. <laughs> 
No, I, I never used. I gave you an opportunity to talk, and this is what you're giving me. <laughs> Lip. All right. Let's see what which one's ask? gonna come out here. Is it <laughs> Let me Brown guess. Right there. Don't Let, know. <laughs> Shut up, Jim. What do you, right. What do you ask? No, because I was wanting to know if you were doing it completely old school or whether or not you were just deciding to do like the a random generation. Uh, I I have always, for as long as I have gamed, thought encumbrance rules were stupid and just um, played it by ear with what made sense. Oh, see, in groups you have to have them. Yeah. At least all, when it comes yeah. to armor. Yeah. Because if you're wearing plate mail and you're not strong enough... Uh, the armor will slow you down a little it totally bit. Will. Yeah. Which in the old version, I don't know if fourth edition, but in third edition, uh, it slowed down your move, which I believe changed your dodge. So mm-hmm. your dodge number would be slightly lower than it would normally be, but you have the added protection of the armor. So you might get hit slightly more often, but you can absorb burn damage. Hey, now that we've been talking about GURPS. Why don't you talk about Traveler? Right. I'll get right on that. Uh, so the, the biggest hurdle you're going to have with most players is that they're, and especially in, in the brand new version that he's talking about, the second edition Mongoose version. Yes. I didn't find any alternate character generation system. In, in the original Mongoose version, there was like a sort of like a half-assed point-by system you could do. All right. But in the new one, I, could, I did not find it. I haven't read it cover to cover, but I can't find it. Um, <clears throat> it is a random character generation system. You roll dice for your stats. You pick a career. You try to get in that career. You make rolls to see how well you do at it. You roll to see which skills you get. You have very few choices. It's a mini game. It's a game within a game, right? And the more times, the more times things go on, the 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 more I mean, the more likely you're going to have a mishap. And mishaps are bad things that happen to your character. They get you kicked out. They might cause you to lose stats. You might have an injury. You might lose mustering out stuff. There's all kinds of things that can happen to you. So it's it's sort of like a push your luck game to build your character. Okay, which I love, and. Part of the fun thing for me in playing Traveler is sitting down and making the character and then trying to figure out, okay, I have my stats and I have my skills and I have a few events that happened in the past. Who is this guy? Rather than sitting down, I'm going to make this kind of, this archetype. You don't have that choice. It's it's like life. It's like I, when I grew up, I wanted to be a fireman. Oh, I'm not a fireman. I work for the trash company. You know, <laughs> that's what happened what I what, what happened to roll. So that's the that's the hurdle and you got to make sure the players are on the same page and have the capability to look at it as an opportunity to challenge their role playing because it's very likely they won't get the character they expected or that they were hoping to get. It's possible it's very likely they won't. So that's the first thing. Um as far as the game system itself, it tends to be kind of deadly. You don't have a lot of hit points, and as you get your character, you don't, character advancement is very slow in Traveler, uh, but you don't have like this growing pool of hit points. There don't, it doesn't have the sort of power curve you have in games like D&D, and it, a couple good shots with the right kind of weapon will end a character's life really easily. So you kind of have to... 
uh, especially if they're used to something like D&D where they're going to go in gangbusters, uh, you might want to have some kind of maybe introduc- introductory whoop-ass scenario so they can see how combat works that maybe is low stakes so they can see how deadly the system can be rather than finding out after they spend an hour an, an hour rolling up the character and then finding out, oh shit, my character died because I decided to go charge a machine gun nest. <clears throat> so that would be the biggest thing. As far as the the tough thing with with the game, now if you're running, he's running low tech, so they're not going to be world hopping as quickly and rampantly as the last Traveler game I ran. Mm-hmm. It's tough to come up with a whole world on the fly. Normally you have a stat of six numbers plus a tech level. And it's like the size of the planet, the atmosphere of the planet, and I don't even remember what the third thing is. Size, density, or whatever it is. And then the last... Circumference? That is that is size. It's a dick joke. Depth. Oh, width. Why problem make when you no problem have you don't want to make? <laughs> gonna do crickets, but I think right. that one was better. But I mean, and there's a, there's a wonderful thing on uh, the internet. It's called travelermap.com or something like that. Look for it. It's got every published subsector that's ever been produced, and all of the stats for every every planetary system. So you can go in, click on. Oh, I'm in this subsector. Click on it, and it will give you the stats. The stats give you a very very vague framework of what the planet might be like. It does, doesn't really tell you. So that to me was is one of the tough things. When they go to a planet that you have not prepped for, because they totally can, to be able to on the fly say, okay, with these six numbers, I know this much about the planet. What's the planet like? What is it like? What does it smell like? What's the, what's the vegetation like when you get there? What's the society like? That kind of stuff. Weasel creature in the chat room just mentioned mongoose fatal. Oh yeah, <laughs> mongoose should totally take on fatal. They should yeah, buy that. That's buy a that. good idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've got the PDF of that somewhere. That's a thousand page book. Wow. <laughs> yes, it is. It. And you admit that the, di- the dice mechanic. You have children, sir. The dice mechanic is a D one thousand. Do you have it like locked in like a box, like a, like a <laughs> no, firearm? No, I have a PDF. Okay. I don't have the physical book. You roll three d10s. <laughs> you roll. You shake that at me. <laughs> three d10s. You roll to to figure stuff out because you really need that extra yeah. decimal point. Mm. <laughs> it's stupid. Um, and I'm trying to think what other what other starting things for those of you at home playing the Happy Jacks bingo game. You may now place a counter on the reference to fatal. <laughs> We already made the reference to encumbrance rules. <laughs> and somewhere I've got the, um, Eric Aldrich sent me uh, an MP3. They had published a Fatal album at one point. Get out. Yes. Sir. No. Just as bad as the game. Um, by, the, <laughs> by the mentors or something? It's not by the mentors. It sounds like if the mentors had been recorded by a drunk monkey. That's and they were all drunk off their ass, which may or may not be true most time. Anyway, um, it's funny that you know the mentors. Actually, I know the mentors. You, do you oh, like yeah. the mentors? Like is such a subjective term. Um, Bill's band played at oh, what was the name of that place? Uh, God, it was in like 
Torrance or Hermosa Beach. Which was? Or, was it Surf City? Not Surf City. Because I actually, the, the guys were still they, left they, in they, they played and, and Bill's band went on right after. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I, I shared a bill once with the guys still left of the Mentors. After, mm-hmm. And they actually opened for themselves. They opened as a cover band of themselves. And they all switched instruments. That's and awesome. since they were all wearing the, the, hoods, the hoods, nobody yeah, knew. Yeah, yeah. And you're thinking, that's, that's both cool and weird. Yes. So they're still going after El Duce got hit by a train. Yeah. Huh? Wow. Yeah. Oh, I mean, was assassinated by the CIA. Oh, that's right. <laughs> because <laughs> he was hired by Courtney Love to kill Kurt to Cobain. Kill Kurt that's Cobain. right. Yeah, he totally that's was. That's right. Um, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's any more advice I can think of for uh, uh, first time travel. I think that's about it. Um, first, yeah, Definitely first couple of encounters, dial back the, uh, the weaponry you give your bad guys. Because it could... You could, oh, shit, sorry, guys, I didn't realize that would happen. Also, oh, make all the player characters together. Don't have people do it mm. separately. Sit at the table and make that, if it has to be your whole first session, just make it the whole first session. Everyone do a turn, and then you can make your connections and all that stuff. And one of the things that Tappy came up with when he first ran his first Mongoose Traveler game was at the end, as soon as you're done with your character, roll a mishap. There's a mishap table. Mm-hmm. Roll a mishap. That's the reason you got out. Oh, okay. Ah. Yeah. So that's that's what. Th- Normally, that's mishaps are terrible. You don't want to have mishaps during the course of making your character. But there's some reason that you decided. You know, yeah, I'm a colonel in the Marines, but I'm going to go on this tramp steamer over here and yeah, go, yeah, you yeah. know, trade in textiles. There's so that, a reason you did that, and that be- that becomes that, the kickoff for your game. Then exactly. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. That gives that. you, and it gives you. I mean, it gives you enemies and yeah. and motivations and who's hunting them and all kinds of cool stuff. I mean, <laughs> and when you're, when your players are going through the character creation, take copious notes because you're going to get contacts and allies and enemies and all kinds of NPCs that either they will need to supply to you or you're going to need to develop. And it gives you kind of a framework of the circumstances where they met these people and why they're antagonists or friends or whatever. So make sure you definitely take notes because that's all stuff you're going to use. Also, do no game prep. I mean, you can come up with your system, but don't try to come up with any scenarios until the players are finished rolling their characters. Because the last Traveler game I ran with um, Dave Hoover, C.A. Dave. I am today! Right. (laughs) He used the Merchant Prince splat book. Because his character had rolled like an 11 for social status. Mm-hmm. And by the time he was finished, he was an archduke. <laughs> totally changed the color of the campaign. Why is there an archduke on a ship? And, and then we realize, here's what's happening. There was an assassination attempt because I had him I had him roll his, his uh, uh, mishap. mishap. And his mishap was that there is a superior uh, who has it out for you. <clears throat> so basically, Dave's character's father told him... This guy's coming after you to assassinate you. We've already thwarted two attempts. You need to go. You need to keep moving. Don't be here. And then World War One happened. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the, the, the premise of that game became Dave in his luxury yacht has hired the rest of the party as his crew. And he's basically running away from the other rival Archduke who's trying to murder him. 
I couldn't have planned that without knowing that, that character there. I mean, I kind of had some things in mind. It's like, oh, that's gone. Dave is kind of self-contained when he makes characters, though. It's like, it, Dave, I understand Dave's actually playing in one of my games, the strategic. Oh, is he? Move the light, Mike, a little closer to my close hard. Hey, not, not, not that close. Hi. Are you? <laughs> Good. And literally, I'm thinking not even bringing the sheets into the adventure now. I'm just going to say, <laughs> Dave, what are you playing? Oh, I'm, I'm playing this guy. And then just let it, <laughs> just let it go. Because he's, he's going he's gonna to take it so off the rails anyway. So I think you should play Dave at a game. Play Cause, Dave? Because you do pretty decent Dave impersonation there. I do, I do impressions of just about everybody on the podcast. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty good. You, you do impression of me? Uh, actually, my wife does. Oh, really? She Uh-oh. does. Actually, she, does. <laughs> she does, actually. She, she After meetings, she goes, oh, you know, you know, I caught Stu doing, you know, the, I've got a sweet. And she does it so much like the sweet co- joke comment. Oh. About Stu. And the fact that, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it was very entertaining. I do have a couple of catchphrases. It's cool. No problem. <laughs> All right. So, uh, there you go. That's, I don't know. Does anyone else have any... Suggestions for him. I, I really want to play it. Yeah, I do too. Oh, that's, that's where I sit. He, oh, he asked for impressions. Second edition Mongoose Traveler is fantastic. Yeah. <clears throat> A little bum they left out the ship creation rules. They're going to put that in High Guard, which I think is already out. Okay. But there's a bunch of stock ships in it, a lot of equipment. Um, it has 13 career choices now one of the career choices they added which seems like the most obvious thing that no one ever did criminal oh no no i'm sorry not criminal prisoner Uh, oh so if you get caught doing something you are going to go by anagathics or you get get a certain mishap your next term will be as a prisoner you still can learn skills different skills and there's, you know, physical... Imp- <laughs> Why are you taking it there? <laughs> uh, the, the, is there any other place? <sighs> right. Uh, there are f- physical improvements, because you could sit, you know, and lift weights the entire time you're there and come out with a plus two strength. But, and uh, there's more chances for mishaps and stuff like that. But there's now one of the career things that you can't take on your own. It ha- you have to be sent there. In no, the in me. the context of the rules, is prisoner, which I thought that is such an obvious addition. I don't think it's ever when been did it done. Come out? The, the this game? No, no, no. With, the newest edition with that. Uh, within the the last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it before or after Hateful Eight? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. When did Hateful Eight come out? Uh, December a of two thousand. Almost a year ago. I think the beta. They had a paid beta. Yes, I think that was out before Hateful Eight. Okay, I don't think the final was released though, because you could go. What, what you do is, when they had the beta up, you would go to drive through, and buy the beta for twenty bucks or whatever it was, and then when it came out, they would credit you that much towards the purchase of the mm. final product. Did a lot of people <coughs> do that? I did. A lot of people did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in fact, I, they gave me a, like a, a voucher for what I, the twenty dollars I put in because I, I just kind of looked at the beta. I didn't run it, but um, I used the the twenty the twenty dollar voucher to get a the print on demand book. So I actually have the physical book for it. <coughs> I didn't. I'm not going to say it. What? <laughs> no, what? Did you get the beta for floating vagabond? 
Oh, oh no, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you playing at home, mark that for your bingo card. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna had to go there. Had to had to spoil my spoil my nice mood. Now it turns out this next email is a make good because we plugged that we were going to read this email in the last podcast. But it wasn't actually in the last podcast okay. because I I added the little blur thing in the blurb at the beginning, but I didn't actually copy the email over. Okay. So and he emailed me. He's like, I saw. It. I was really excited. You guys were going to read my email, but then you never read it, and I listened to the whole stupid episode. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> it's like the Matt Damon visit. You know, I'm sorry, we're out of time. <laughs> Oh, that'd be messed up if you basically picked one letter to always say, and we're going to talk about this and at the very end. And go, oh, I'm sorry, we're out of time. We'll get that's to next how week. we keep that one listener. Oh. <laughs> I'll, I'll take oh. this one if no one else is going to go. Go for it. Okay. Living campaign for a con from Al Mao Rafflesun. Greetings, Jackers and Jackettes. I've been listening to your podcast recently, and I heard the idea of. I heard the idea of toying around with a living campaign at a con. I have a couple of suggestions regarding how to set this up. Overall, I'd set up an Uber BBEG. That's big bad evil guy. That is planning to take over the world slash gain the powerful MacGuffin slash bring forth some dark power. Once I had that, I'd then figure out what would we need to what would need to be done to make this happen. Relics needed to be found, funds raised, armies conscribed, etc. I then have each GM control a member of the group that have been assigned a portion of the grand plan as their BPEG. I, can I interrupt you for one second? Yes. Can we start calling the dark power that someone wants to summon up the Mcthulhu? The Mcthulhu. Like a MacGuffin. I like, like that. Because a, a MacGuffin is the yeah. thing that everyone's trying to get. Yeah. The Cthulhu like would be the dark power that everyone's trying to summon. Do you, Doctor, do you concur? I, I, I approve of this. All in favor, say aye. 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 All opposed. Chat room, no one. Up. Oh, not fast enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> carried. Go ahead. I'm Motion sorry. carried. <clears throat> Actually, I really do like that. Write that down. Cthulhu. I hear they're going to be debuting that at McDonald's pretty soon, the McThulhu. <laughs> the McThulhu yeah. sandwich. It'll be the, the last insanity meal pack. you ever eat. Yeah. <laughs> the insanity meal. This is so good. I... <laughs> With Ralla McDonald. Nice. Fatang. It's got Fatangy sauce. Sorry. It's all right. Good. The GMs build their campaign. Their <laughs> did you see the purple cuttlefish? Yeah, I did. Yes. On the internet? I yes. did. Did we yeah. talk about that on the show? The King in Yellow Arches. Oh! oh, oh there it is. Yeah. There it is. Oh, well played. Oh! Well played. Sorry. Why aren't we running this at Strategic Con? Why the hell are we playing these dumb games? <laughs> 70s? No one does that. <laughs> Shit. Good, sir. That's pretty good. Sorry. The king in yellow arches. <laughs> the GMs build their campaigns as a means by which they would carry out their parts of the plan. Between the sessions, the GMs quickly discuss what has happened and discuss how their group would deal with the aftermath of what just happened. Now, if everyone is running a different RPG system, a different means of doing this would be that the Mcthulhu. <clears throat> oh, I see that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, 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 
it plays well. It does. Early adopter Tim. That's right, early adopter Tim. That the Mcthulhu is some kind of great evil god that is trying to take over everything by having their followers break down the barriers between the various universes. Each system is their own universe with their own requirements to break through, and the powers of the gods affected by how successful the sessions are. If you wanted to get really crazy, <laughs> really crazy, <laughs> you could actually have the final fight against the Mcthulhu happen simultaneously. If the party defeats the Mcthulhu, the GM raises a white flag or something, and all other GMs know then to weaken their version of the Mcthulhu. Their version of the Mcthulhu. If the party fails, the GM raises a black flag. TV party tonight. I'm sorry. The GM raises a black flag, and the other... I'm very impressed. Thank you. That's actually a very good pull. Thank you. I'm, I'm... I'm going to go shut my dog. I like the black flag. Uh, grab me a Diet Coke, watch out. I'll get you a Diet Coke. Thank you. I only have caffeine free. That's fine. Uh, now I forgot where I was going. Uh, no, TV, no, no, you're talking about oh, yeah. And the, the other GM flag. strengthen the Mcthulhu. This could make for a very dramatic conclusion to a con, as people playing and attending see the saving and or destroying of multiple universes in real time. Thoughts? I am L. Mal Roffelson. Son of Raffle, son of Lol. P.S. I think I'm supposed to have this. P.P.S. Drink. So, I I have never read the Gunslinger series, but isn't that uh, by Stephen King? Mm-hmm. But uh, isn't that part of it? Is that there are multiple worlds of, or dimensions, and that beings in one world actually also are available or, or present in the second one but in a different format don't know i've honestly only read like the first one and a half of the series which i love that just ran out of time Hi. so i'm not sure but, but i think it's a great idea it's, it's oh, no, really it good it's actually really cool I, would, I totally want to do something like this especially with so many different game systems out there that could run coherent to each other I actually brief pause while <laughs> Stu goes tinkle. <laughs> Stu's going tinkle. Oh, oh my god! Oh, oh, oh. I actually had some feedback because um, a couple episodes, the crew was talking about run how to run, yeah, uh, living world or whatever they're called campaigns, and I actually had an idea which I was going to post on the forums, and I figured ah, I'm on the show Friday, I'll just bring it up here. Stu is unavailable at the moment. I kind of wanted him to hear it. So wait. I'm just gonna. We can actually hear him wipe. Oh, I don't want to know about that, Dave. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, I could have lived my whole life without hearing that noise. I know what the dude. Dude, I'm just saying. And you say, and and you had dared to ask me why I went there. What are you doing here? <laughs> so, Stu, yes. um, dovetailing in with this email mm-hmm. and some of the conversations that were had on the show over the last couple of episodes about living campaigns and stuff like that. Yes. I actually had an idea about when you and Jim and a couple of others were talking about uh, how to do, you know, your how, how to do a, a, a living convention right. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about how each GM would run a different session, a different area. Yeah. And then at the end of that you'd all like compare notes and then move on from there. My idea was instead of doing that 
run them concurrently. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you make sure that you're running them all in the same room. So you advertise your 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 con as like having twelve players, but really it's three tables of four, mm-hmm. and each GM runs their particular area. And this was specifically in in regards to one of Jib comments about how to move back and forth between areas, because you're running those all tables in the same room. If some of the players go, fuck it, I want to go over to this other area because it looks like it's got a really nice resort, they can just get up and go over to the table where that's being run. Right. Dude, I meant his hands. Wiping his hands. Did you? What? And it took you this long to say that? <laughs> I just mean, I just realized what you meant. Or what you thought I meant. I'm pretty sure everybody and their brother thought you meant that. <sighs> what? No. <Nah. laughs> Go on. <laughs> Shut up, Dave. <laughs> uh, but but anyway, so I I just kind of thought that might be a neat a neat way to do that. Mm-hmm. So instead of going instead of having your three, I'm just using the number three. But instead of having your three campaigns run sequentially with everybody talking, you know, between them, just do it all at the same time. And treat it like it's one big session with three GMs. Okay, I agree. That, yeah, that would work. And there, there's lots of ways to do it. I think. Yeah. The, the, this whole conversation came up because someone at like was it Shadowrun Living Campaign said you can't kill that guy. Oh yeah. Because that's too important of an NPC. I thought it was Adventurers Guild. No, it was Shadowrun. Was I think Shadowrun? it was the Shadowrun Living whatever their living thing is. Was oh, that? Enigma, who wrote that in? I don't remember. It was from... It was only like three episodes ago or something. It was at Origins. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it was yeah, at yeah. Origins. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm like, oh, I did, there's got to be an, a better way to structure it so stuff like that doesn't have to happen. Well, I mean... Okay, this is nothing new. We've all said this before, but there's no way that you should ever tell a player, no, you can't kill that NPC. He's too important later. Right. Yeah. That right. should never happen. I don't know if it was because of what might happen later or if it was because this NPC has story significance in the meta plot that you only get so much control over, which yeah, I think whatever. was where the problem I have with it. It's kind of intrinsic with the problem of of, of organized play, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, so I kind of tangented off of his question, which was thoughts about his idea, which is basically kind of like a meta a meta universe where it, it, right. I was talking about the Dark Tower series, Stephen King, Gunslinger. Uh, no, I don't know it. <laughs> I've only read one book by Stephen King. Evidently, we're all Luddites here. <laughs> all right. No, no, no. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> what is the one Stephen King book you've read? Uh, it was a pulp novel he wrote called The Regulators? Something Kid. The Colorado oh, Kid. Oh, okay. yeah. Because I, I bought it specifically, and I don't think it was under his name. I think it was one of his pen names. Uh, was it a Bachman book? 
I don't remember. I think I still have it, but it's like a really thin paperback. It's a short book. It's not even like 150 yeah, pages. I've heard of it. It's more like a no- novella. Um, it was a great story, but um, but that's I, the only one you've read. That's the only Stephen King novel I've ever. Is read. that by choice? I just never. That's not a genre that's really interested me. Horror, you mean? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I guess. Okay. <laughs> I'm not what I didn't say. What <laughs> I've only I've only read like maybe seven or eight Lovecraft stories. What? Yeah, I haven't read the whole. <laughs> yeah, the dead guy who's not writing a damn thing anymore. That's what gets you upset. But the man who's written what ninety thousand books. <laughs> Who cites who as one of his influences? Oh, Lovecraft. That's because he's dead! Well, he couldn't. (laughs) To be perfectly fair, Lovecraft couldn't cite Stephen King as one of his... No, I'm saying because Stephen King cites Lovecraft as one of his... Yeah, no, I know. I understand. Go on. It's not a genre that's... Uh, In my my list of books to read, mm -hmm. those are way down the line. The Dark Tower series, from what I understand, is not horror. It's much more of a um, fantasy, <clears throat> sci-fi, science fantasy type mm-hmm. of, of uh, series. Which is now oh, really? being made into, into a movie or a miniseries. With or? Idris Elba. Yeah, it's phenomenal. That sounds more interesting to me than, than reading horror. I've heard good stuff. Huh? I've heard good stuff. Yeah. Um, I just saw Galaxy Quest, which I've never seen. You just saw Galaxy I, Quest? Yeah, it was on, it was on, it's on Netflix. I don't like what's his name. Who's what's his name? <laughs> From, uh, the, the show with the tools. Oh, oh Tim, Tim the Toolman Taylor. Tim Allen. Tim, Tim Allen. Allen. Yeah. I, I've, the I've, other ne- Tim. I've never liked Tim Allen. But that's the point. Because he's supposed to be somewhat unlikable as a character. I didn't know that until I saw it. Yeah. So, but I've never, I just n- was never a fan of, what was that show called? Home Improvement? Yeah. Yeah. I was never a fan of the show. The only thing I liked about the show was the guy who would, you know, Wilson. Yeah. That was Wilson? Yeah, it was yeah. Wilson. Okay. Yeah. That was the basketball. <laughs> Wilson! All right. Wilson! But I, I like the idea. That is another, a, an elegant way to handle the problem so that if, and if someone ma- makes a huge change in one section of the meta universe, it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect the other ones. Fair enough. Although it might. Well, I like it. Do you oh, have- the other, well, I don't, you. What? Star Trek Next Generation, the finale. Did you see that? See. So I don't know. The what finale, all good things, not for the original series, but it has the it's the episode where basically Picard is dealing with three different points in time of facing the same problem. I oh, did see right. that episode. There you go. And the right. whole point is, is that even though, you know, it was all his timeline, it was they were all facing the same issue. At the same point. So basically the different enterprises were facing against the same problem. And then I believe one of them explodes and the other, and another one. I, I, I don't remember the details. But the point is, is it's very similar to the idea that they're all facing the same problem. Right. One fails, makes the another one stronger, even though it's all the same character. Because that totally. Cthulhu exists in all 
right. the dimensions simultaneously. And the punchline, of course, is that who assists him in learning that is Q, because Q understands... Uh, that uh, guy Q. Yeah, a, a long-term concept, or has a perspective that goes beyond just linear time. And Right. Oh, that this guy, is the, man. Wow, we're getting real geeky in this one. <laughs> Tell me about your miniatures. <laughs> I don't like Star Trek. Would you like to hear about my ninth uh, level paladin? You don't like Star Trek? I don't like Star Trek. But you know what I'm talking about. No, I have no idea. I was just playing along. Is that it? Have you you watched Enterprise? No. Give it a try. Because I I can't stand Next Generation. I don't like Next Generation. I don't like Deep Space Nine. I don't like... uh, Didn't like Deep Space Nine either. You know what I do like, though? And this is is where I'm glad C.A. Dave isn't here. I really like the new movies. I, I, have, I don't have a darkness. problem with the new boot. What's new that? Boot. You liked Into Darkness, the second one. Uh, Careful. <laughs> what are you? Are you going to channel CA Dave? No. Um. I like the the first new Star Trek movie better. Okay. That was kind of like just a. It had a lot of nods to the old series, even though I don't much like the old series. Mm-hmm. Um, those things are still familiar to any self-respecting geek. Um, and even those who aren't self-respecting, Dave. Um, so I like that one a lot better. Uh, but Into Darkness was okay. I would watch it again. Mm-hmm. I like Into Darkness much better than any of the Star Trek TV shows or movies that came before it. Really? Yes. Even the one with Ricardo Montalban? Even the one with Ricardo Montalban. Shut up, Tim! (laughs) (laughs) Now, but you haven't seen Enterprise. Uh, Is that the one with Scott Bakula? Yes. It's the one with the terrible intro music. With lyrics, right? That's the one with that. They actually have... Lyrics I got faith of the heart. I <laughs> no one would can take me. Out. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard that is the worst of all of the Star Trek. Oh, shows. Frank Stallone! I oh, completely thanks. disagree. I it is my. It, I love the original series. Okay, because I grew up with the original series. It was in reruns, only in reruns, but it was in reruns my entire childhood. And whenever I'm flipping yes. through TV and there's nothing on. On one or two channels, there's always an episode of Star Trek I could watch. And I've, I saw all of them totally out of order probably five times. The Enterprise, Enterprise is like the first, I don't know, Warp 5 capable ship. And it's... They're on, they start out and they're on their shakedown tour. Because the, the ship has a lot of bugs in it. They're not cleared. You're talking about Enterprise. Enterprise. They're not cleared to use the transporters for for living things, and there's no Federation yet. There's a, there's a advisor from the Vulcan military on the ship, and they I'm sorry, Vogon? V- Vulcan. Oh no, yeah, Vogon. He's he's, yeah. he's the ship poet. Poetry, <laughs> <laughs> but um. And they screw up a lot. I don't know why, but the idea of a ship's poet on the Enterprise. Right. <laughs> I'm thinking, that's a funny idea. And that's, it's Vogon. My God, why aren't we writing awesome, this down? But um, it the, the ship breaks down a lot. 
They screw shit up all the time, make a lot of mistakes, realize the galaxy is way more dangerous than they thought it was, and they're scrambling to try to figure out how to... we got to put better weapons on this thing. I mean, it's a totally different flavor of Star Trek. People who are big fans of Next Generation don't like it. One of the things that, that I know about it is that uh, because it's so early on in, in uh, the Federation, or not even Federation, but like the the Earth's Star Force's uh, right. star, uh, star travels, that they don't consider transporters safe for humans. <laughs> yeah. because They just use it for stuff. They don't use it for people. They do eventually. It's like, use it. We got to. I got to get off of here now. I don't remember what the circumstances are. The other interesting thing is there is a couple of meta plots in it. There's an early meta plot for like the, maybe the first two seasons, I think. And then there's a second meta plot that probably lasts three seasons or something, something near that. And um, well, they're kind of they're kind of intertwined meta plots, but it's not like this episodic thing there's there are episodic stories that happen inside but there's also a greater story arc that's going on through it which is not something you saw in next gen that i recall they did it for deep space deep space yes how did they write but, in that guy that follows scott bacula around but no one can see him <sighs> i hate you so bad <laughs> i hate you so hard right now He's actually in an episode. Oh, no. Is he really? Yes, he has a cameo in an episode. <laughs> that would and be, I, by the way, Dean Stockwell. Dean Stockwell, that's right. Yeah, I don't okay. remember what he Right plays. now, if I was at home, I'd be texting you this. Just to go, Dean Stockwell, God damn it! And they make a... There's a, there's a reference to Quantum Leap. Is there a reference yes. in there? But, it, yeah. Say something, Joey. Make sure you're still alive. <laughs> oh, I'm here? <laughs> All right, Joey. Uh, who hasn't read... D and D D M A D D. I think uh, Mister Seventy Seven there yep. hasn't read anything yet. I can. Oh, have you plugged your game? Oh, actually, uh, let me plug another thing. Right. So yes, yeah, Spirit Seventy Seven. Y'all know that. Okay, but at Strategicon, uh, going to be doing uh, two play tests of my new RPG coming out, uh, Bedlam Hall, which is described as Downton Abbey meets the Adams Family. I heard some things about that. That sounds really, really fun. Yeah. Is that Powered by the Apocalypse? Too? It is Powered okay. by the Apocalypse. And so we're going to be playing that there. And also, uh, of course, Jib will be doing Bad Streets. And mm-hmm. both Jib and myself and Gina and I'm not sure whom else, but we're all going to be also at Big Bad Con in mid-October. Oh, really? Yeah. Awesome. Where, where's Big Bad Con? Uh, that's in Walnut Creek. That's in Northern California. Oh, up north, yeah. It's a really good con, so I'm really excited about it. So, oh, anyway, I just submitted my kids' game to uh, to Jim Sandoval. That's right. You show him. <clears throat> Two p.m. He right. says, "I gotta know if you're gonna do it now." I'm like, yeah, "I'll do it." <laughs> if you're gonna make me Sandoval, bastard. <laughs> 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 Maybe that'll be the voice I do this then. Why not? Yeah, actually, I will. <clears throat> hey, Stu and the Snappy Crackers. You were very, actually very helpful last time I rode in, but I had to handle scenes where NPCs are talking to each other, so I'm coming to you with my latest problem. What's, you sound like, what's his name? What's he doing in there? <laughs> what's he doing in there? <laughs> what is, what's that guy's name? Uh, he, he made the, he's, I'm an inventor. <laughs> 
I make non-lethal weapons. Oh, Tom Waits. Tom Waits. <laughs> and you're referencing Mystery Men. Yes, I am. You really just bring me on so I can fill in a bunch of... What's that thing? That thing. What's Call the guy Dave? with the thing Call that has Dave. the... Yeah. <laughs> I have terrible memory for stuff. I'm 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 name deaf. <laughs> name deaf. I am. Uh, well, I shan't I shan't do the voice then. You got it, Bob. All right. I was talking to <laughs> Hooser Rob. Who's your Rob? Hooser Rob. Who's I was waiting Rob? for somebody to say Skechers. Uh, I fucking hate Skechers. I fucking hate Skechers, man. <laughs> Shut your mouth. That's my hose of rope. Shut up, Dave. Yeah. A few months ago about... No, that's what he always says. Shut your mouth hole. Yeah. A few months ago about how most of my campaigns are abandoned rather than resolved. Well, most of the time it's due to scheduling conflicts. I've noticed that some of it has to do with my own commitment to running the games. It's not that I don't like DMing. I love it and think it's much more fun than playing. My problem is that I have... A disease. Dun dun dun. My name is Steve. Welcome to Costco. I love you. And I have Dungeon Master Attention Deficit Disorder. Well, I'm building the pitch. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Thank you. <laughs> and crafting the general shape of a campaign, I have no problem immersing myself in the genre and the system. I'll spend a couple of weeks reading and watching stuff that relates to what I'm going to run, both to get a sense of the tone and to see if there's anything I can reskin or adapt to the game. After I've built the initial setup, I generally push the source material to the side, preferring to let the player's attitudes and assumptions influence the mood and direction of the story. Your advice has helped cut my prep to about an hour or two, and that's mostly just connecting NPCs, locations, and events to whatever the players did the previous week. Yep. And, it, and it, prep gets easier as the campaign goes on. Yes. So that leaves me with a lot of free time, which I've... Phil watching Stranger Things or uh. replaying Red Dead Redemption or leaving through my copy of Dungeon World still unplayed. I'll head out to my FLGS or log on to Amazon because I heard about a new game I want to try. Trail of Cthulhu, Legends of the Five Rings. They sound cool. Suddenly, I have all (laughs) these other ideas for games I want to run and new, to me, systems I want to play. As a result, I find my mind wandering away from the game I'm currently playing. It sometimes leaves me feeling a little distracted and even a little dissatisfied. Sure, Supernatural Pirates is fun at the table, but I can't wait to start running my Hogwarts summer camp using Fate. And I know as soon as I start that, I'll be distracted by wanting to write an Apocalypse World hack for a DuckTales Walking Dead mashup. (laughs) You know, that old chestnut. Is this a problem with me, or do all game masters go through this? And if you do, what do you do about it? I've thought about just incorporating the new ideas I have in the game I'm already running. (laughs) Pause. So, you imagine that would be the best, wouldn't it? So, all right, so, all right. We're running our Hogwarts summer camp game today, and this is episode three, DuckTales of the Walking Dead. (laughs) (laughs) Using Dungeon World. Using Dungeon World. Man, that'd be so fucking cool. Oh, I'd play the game. I know, you (laughs) would. All right, so uh, 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 I thought about just incorporating the new ideas I have in the game I'm already running, but a suburban supernatural story maybe doesn't work for a campaign about Cold War spies. So I just write the idea on a piece of paper, and it sits there mocking me. 
<laughs> I've thought about running more one-shots, but that seems to be asking a lot of the players if I want to try new systems each time. Yeah. Someday, Dungeon World. Someday. <laughs> I can tell that he tasks me. I can tell that some of my players... That's Wrath of Khan. Just <laughs> I can tell that some of my players would appreciate shorter campaigns, but I also feel that character growth and advancement are one of the main pillars of the hobby, and I don't quite know how to make that happen over three or four sessions. Maybe I should get, not, shouldn't care so much about that, but I know how pumped everyone at the table gets when they get to pick new skills or powers. Anyway, you're smart. You'll figure it out and tell me what to do. Steve! P.S. Seriously, figure it out. P.P.S. I'm in my 40s and realizing that there are loads of games I'll just never have a chance to run before I die. Yeah, you're really close to death there. 40, that's old. I'll say. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Where's Joy? Killed him. Had to. I understand. <laughs> he needed going. <laughs> yeah. In other news, the Epoxy Boggarts needs a new Alto. P.P.S. Why are you still reading these? Go figure it out. I'm in my 40s. Um, um, my initial response to this is, when I figure this out, I'll let you know. Yeah, the game group I've been playing with, I've been playing with the same DM for almost 10 years now, and we have so many games going constantly. I have a, a binder full of character sheets from one-shots that were supposed to be full campaigns. Say it. Oh, Still, no kidding. Say it. Binders full of characters! <laughs> I've got binders full of characters! <sighs> I got binders full of characters! What? What? Never mind. Uh, yeah, because this election, we don't know. Remember anything from the last one, <laughs> Mitt Dave. Romney? Never mind. Dave. Just, Shut up. Remember? Sorry. Damn you! Damn you to hell! <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember Mitt Romney going off on how he's got binders of women in like one of the <sighs> Mitt Romney? No, had... I voted third party in that election. I wasn't paying attention to the. So, Steve, as I was saying... Uh, Do I live in a I, world by myself? I, yes. I could have written this email. I suffer from those exact same problems. Um, and uh, I, I, I don't have an answer for you, but other than to say, I feel you, brother. I feel you. I would suggest... Smaller, shorter campaigns. Yes. When, when There is a tendency to start a campaign with a very, very long arc. Have a shorter arc. Set yourself a limit. Not a hard limit, but say five to eight sessions. I'm going to have this story wrapped up in that amount of time. And that will help you pace the story better, usually. The stuff doesn't get drawn out. The players are like, I don't know what to do. We've got this stuff, and we don't know what it means yet. And it it can help the GM sort of accelerate the pacing of the game. And if you want to have the character advancement stuff, double the amount of XP or whatever you need to do so that it happens at a faster rate. It's not that big of a deal. I'm going to channel Steve here for a second. But I've always wanted to run that super long, epic game. that everyone talks about for years and years and years mm-hmm. afterwards. You can't do that on three to eight sessions. But I don't think that should be your goal for every game. No. I think that evolves. The Star Wars campaign I played in Saga Edition, we played, just to start, level mm-hmm. one, 
and we ended up playing it for four years, and ended up playing a second Star Wars campaign in the same canon. We were basically playing descendants of our original characters 500 years in the future. Kind of Robotech-esque. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I did the same thing with L5R. I ran an L5R game, yeah. mm-hmm. and it was 18 sessions, 20 sessions maybe. Mm-hmm. And then that story arc ended, and I said, okay, I'm done. This, the, the, this was the story I wanted to tell. The story's done. And they're like, we want to keep playing. The mistake most GMs will make is say, okay, and they take the prep on from the very next day or whatever and try to keep going with the game. But you've just had this dramatic arc. The way to do it is to fast forward. And in the case of L5R, I fast forwarded a generation, but then yeah. we had a fair came yeah, up. You're absolutely right. Fair came up and everything kind of exploded, so we didn't end up finishing that second arc. But it had started. <laughs> but it was um, it basically was the descendants. It was the next generation of samurai from the same clan. Mm. And all of the unanswered questions from the previous uh, game were still unanswered. Mm. And the party was trying to piece together what happened to the original heroes, etc. Was that the Death Island game? That was the Death Island game. That's mm-hmm. the last session we did was on Death Island, and we never played it again. If I run another ga- session of L5R, it's going to be another generation, and it's going to be what happened to the people that went to Death Island. <laughs> <laughs> because you have your own... Like version of Lost, where you can go forward and back. Hey, it is an island. Yeah. It's Death Island, right? It's an island, so you've already got the island. You need to have the big bar. Captain Obvious. <laughs> <laughs> he gets feisty when he's had one beer. <laughs> <laughs> usually, what happens, and this is absolutely <clears> true, I, I usually I get here a lo- or get to Pasadena a lot sooner. Yes. And so I just hang out and wait. This was literally, I'm driving, you know, hour and a half of traffic. I know Hoser Rob drives more than me because every day, blah, 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 blah. But <laughs> Hoser Rob lives I know, but two he, miles away. Yeah, but he, he gave me crap last time I saw him about the fact that he actually drives back and forth every day, two hours or whatever, because he chose poorly. Yeah. That's real estate. Uphill, in the snow, both yeah. ways. Yeah. But my point being is that usually I have a break where I get to relax. I literally got off the traffic and came right in here. And, and just, saw Tim. And saw Tim. <laughs> I know, I know. You. Fuck this guy, right? <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> I see it in your eyes, no, man. It's no, in your eyes. No, I love you too. <laughs> but I would, but four, five, six session games. Yeah. So people can get a taste of what character advancements like. They can get more stuff. They can buy skills or powers and all that kind of shit. Sure. That would be my suggestion. And just do smaller, less grandiose games. They don't have to save the world in every campaign you run. They can rescue the princess. Actually, well, okay. So I was running a, uh, a, I don't want to say it was Cthulhu-esque, but mysteries type of, modern mysteries type of game. And the very end of it, the players went to like the, the final battle or final stage and they lost. And I ultimately had them, you know, pull a cabin in the wor- woods and, you know, they call- the game ended with them destroying reality to an extent. But I always wanted to say, okay, here's how I would do it is that I would bring in new players, but have it start off from modern time, but have one of the original players come back from that first campaign, but he doesn't remember what they did. 
to that's fantastic to solve it <laughs> yeah. and the fact that he remembers an entirely different plot line than what they saw and it's like they found him just in like an insane asylum and he's going no I, I gotta tell you this is the deal because his character and the player had all this history so certain things I could say yeah that's still part of the history and some of it isn't and so the other players have to figure out is he crazy is he not is, or, that'd be so awesome yeah that, that would <laughs> that is idea. something I would really love to yeah. do <laughs> uh, amongst all of my other free time right <sighs> yeah how, how many how many games are you currently writing Writing or running? Both. Uh, or, well, it's many. How about that? <coughs> we'll leave it at that. More than many. Enough to fill the Albert Hall. You know what the world needs? Cause I, uh, Another cause folk I, singer? No. Love? Sweet love? No. Um, but two things. First off... Uh, since I've been I've been reading through Hero Kids, which is the a very rules rules light uh, fantasy role playing game for kids, right? Yeah. Um, I, I I started thinking, you know, I could scale down Moment of Truth to be like a a kids game. Mm-hmm. It would be easy mm-hmm. to do. But you know what really needs to happen is a powered by the apocalypse world game for kids. Hmm. <laughs> Just putting that out there. <laughs> the seed has been planted. Shit. Well, My garden is so full, man. <laughs> Sid, all you got to do is find Sid and Marty Croft. I can probably get your phone number. Get out. HR Pup and stuff. You do not have the number for Sid and Marty Croft. I can get one. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, Joy, before you were born. <laughs> oh, I know. I had, I had Nick at night. No. <laughs> Dude. I hate you, too. <laughs> He watched HR Puff and stuff. Did you watch HR Puff and stuff? Like they had like a month of like really old kids shows on Nick at Night. Right. Yeah. And HR Puff and stuff was on Lidsville. There. Didn't they do a remake of Sid uh, of, did, of Sigmund and one. the Sea Monsters with this guy? Yeah, they did. <laughs> How's that for a topper? <laughs> I vaguely remember that. So do you know who that is? So I have no idea. You don't know who that is? I'm no play it for you again. Don't no tell him. <laughs> How's that for a topper? <laughs> The initials CNR mean anything to you? No. Charles Nelson Cannot Riley? Oh, resuscitate. Charles, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know Charles Nelson Riley. I've watched Match Game again. <laughs> Thanks, Game Show Network. I watch a lot of he, TV. He played, what, is, what was his name? Was it hoodoo. the Mad That wasn't the Mad Hatter. What was his character's name? I forgot. The Great Hoodoo. The Great Hoodoo, hoodoo yeah. from Lidsville, which was another Sid and Marty Croft show that was contemporary to... to um, H.R. Puffin stuff. Oh, okay. Yes, because oh, 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 Witchy Poo how's that went for a into... They had a crossover. Oh, they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Witchy Poo. <laughs> and the same actress was Witchy Poo and uh, the genie in it. Oh, yeah. Um, Billy... Uh, Billy... 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy Kay? Billy that sounds right. I want to say Billy Mays, but that's not right. Mm. Hi, I'm Billy Mays. <laughs> Man, that'd be a she, pretty good show, she, wouldn't it? She never <laughs> sold ShamWows. Um, <laughs> Witchy Poo pulls out a ShamWow. <laughs> B-I-L-L-I-E something. Billy Hayes. Billy Hayes. Whoa, yeah, hey. I knew it was something like that. Thank you, Google. All right. Uh, Did oh. we answer his? <laughs> I don't think we even got there. Uh, oh, oh no! He was talking about how to uh, 
Yeah. No, yeah, we did. Too. Yeah. You okay. run shorter, right? Shorter you campaign gotta, arcs. Shorter campaign arcs, and yeah. You and the other thing them. is, when you're done with it, and the players say we want to keep going, my suggestion: say no. Especially if you've got a lot of other games you want to run. Say, we can come back to this, but I want to run this other new shiny I just found because I have DMADD. That would be my suggestion. The other thing is, if your gaming group is only willing to play so often and you have all of these this energy to run all these games, <laughs> run something online. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go to, the fo- go to our forum or anyone's forum and say, hey, I want to run such and such. Anyone want to try out the system? I'm going to run you know a a four or five session campaign on Tuesday nights on Google Plus. Oh, this is a perfect segue. So if you do want to actually try out some of these systems, why don't you check out JackerCon on Google Plus, that which is the community that actually does online game. Thank you, thank you for pointing it right in my face. <laughs> the JackerCon sponsored by our buddy DT Pints that will allow you to gather a group and. I'm fixing it. Keep your face this way. Trust me. Oh, if I had a dollar every time you said that to me. (laughs) So, yeah, DT Pints runs JackerCon online game community. uh, Very... uh, Like three or four times a year they have. Right, and and actually they've been doing it off-season too, so now like, if you go on there and say, I want to run this, they'll be up for it. it, It's kind of a bummer because Google Hangouts on air is... It's not going away, but it's being melded into YouTube Live. Sure. So it's not going to have the connectivity to Google+, which made it kind of easier to organize things, um, which is a shame. Well, I, I, I pitched this before, I don't, you know, and your mileage may vary, but I really like Roll20, Roll yeah. which plugs in, did plug into Hangouts pretty good. The nice thing about, uh, when you're, especially when you're running like a virtual game convention, when there's people playing, if it's, on, if it's a Hangout on air, yeah. you can watch the game. That's true. Live, as it happens. It's almost like you, you can sit down at the table, but not, you know, it won't be like creepy. Do like, you know a way to capture your Roll20 games for posterity like Hangouts on Air did? Um, I'm not sure. When we were first originally running games, uh, we were plugging into Twitch. I don't remember. Oh, there might actually be a a Twitch... There might be a way that it works with Twitch. Who now also is owned by... (laughs) Twitch? Yeah, Twitch was sold. To who? Really? I believe. Weren't they sold to Google? I don't think so. Not that I've heard. Uh, check it know. out. No, no, no. I don't, I, I don't keep up with tech news anymore. But This is good radio. Twitch, CEO. Here's why we sold Amazon. to Amazon. Oh, Amazon. Oh. Sorry. My bad. For $970 million. Well, Whoa. that's right. They should have checked with me first. I would have given them nine nine hundred and eighty. <laughs> that was a good car you sold. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even playing for the audience anymore. <laughs> really, just here to crack you up, Stu. Sometimes Timmy, sometimes Joey. Yeah, if anyone wants to buy a 2012 <laughs> Nissan Altima, will you autograph that? I will. I will autograph it. I will autograph it with a Sharpie or a key, whichever you like. Mm. <laughs> there, there is, uh, getting back on topic here, Thanks. sort of on topic, 
there is a lot of functionality that Hangouts on Air gives people like us yeah. that we're totally going to be missing very, very soon. It's not going away. But it, they're moving it. But they're the moving it to YouTube. You have to use YouTube Live, which requires yes. a different client application and might not have the same integration with well, Hangouts it re- as it, requ- it does now. It requires what? No, I don't think so. I'm using Wirecast uh-huh. to run a Google Live right now. It's a uh-huh. little inside baseball because I'm now doing it through Google Live. But if you look, see where it says Stream Now? Uh-huh. It's beta because it uses Hangout on Air. So theoretically, I could s- get this Wirecast I, Play app. I well, no, I believe if you stream now using Hangouts on Air, you don't need to have an encoder. Okay. It downloads that little packet that's a, its own software encoder that that, that that Hangouts uses. Okay. I, I know the concern a lot of folks have is that you know for Hangouts, the older version, every game I've ever played online, the first thing everybody tells you to do is you know, uh, to revert to the older version of, of Hangouts. And if they're now... That even, will be gone. Yeah. And yeah. so if they're going to live, that's a concern because... Oh, yeah. Oh, and when they change things like that, they, they add and they remove functionality that you might depend on yeah. or not. And plus, uh, there are like plugins that people have written for Google Hangouts... Are all they the, going to be available? Or the are they going to be broken? Oh, yeah. yeah. Who knows? <sighs> anyway. Stupid Google. I think we answered your question there, Steve. We've, been, we've kind of been like going off on tangents. I don't know if you've Yeah, but this. they're already saying in the chat room that this is m- more fascinating anything that we've been talking about for the last hour. So, <laughs> <laughs> What? The, this about Here's Tim with the weather. <laughs> Are you talking about the Google Plus stuff? Yeah. Oh, okay. And the other thing that we're talking about, uh, Kimmy and I I have been talking about converting this room, uh, putting cameras in it, and when we run the games, twitching them. You totally should. Mm -hmm. So that's, I I don't know when that will happen, but uh, the room needs work. Were you talking about doing it, like, overhead so you could see the map? We're talking about putting an overhead cam for the map and then cameras on the sides f- to see the players. And then someone, not me, <laughs> is going to be switching cameras. You buy a little uh, camera switcher. You can't do that online? I'm sure it's, there's an app for that. It's not an app. There, I've got one. I'm using it now. It's called Minicam. It's got some lag. Yeah. Uh, and the... the it, there's enough latency in it that uh, the audio going in is a little faster than the video. So the mouths don't line up. It, it's like a, it looks like a dubbed movie. Mm. My Kung Fu is better than you. <laughs> Could you link a mic and a camera together and then do a voice-activated thing? So that whoever starts talking, a, a particular mic picks up sound. I'd rather not do it that way. Okay. I'd rather not. The Yes, you probably can do something like that. You know, that actually sounds cool to, or fun to be the guy that's like, you know, switching, doing the video yeah. uh, direction. I'll probably just make Kimmy do it because she sits at the opposite end of the table and but she has a laptop a... anyway. <laughs> she doesn't like to be on camera as well. No, so she, she, can, she, she, actually, sure never she actually said, I'll have to dress nice and start wearing makeup to games. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, me too. 
I'm just going to wear eyeliner. I, I got to get some blush on. I mean, have you seen the way I wash out? I just... just... <laughs> But I'm going to have to do lighting. I'm going to have to do sound treatment to the room. Oh my god! Oh yeah, <laughs> I've got to get a. I got to build a silencer for the um for the air conditioner so it doesn't make so much noise when it turns on. A lot of yeah, I've got a lot of work I got to do for, for it to happen. It'll be a slow process, but it will happen. This will happen. Uh, how to handle players who want in? Thank you, Steve, for the email. Uh, how to handle players who want in-game information out of game from of the hill people. Who has not read? You know, let's let Joey, because he works kind of rolling over him. Yeah, All right. sorry. That's why I keep looking over, by the way. That's why I keep moving. Oh. Yeah. Dear what Feminine you Hygiene Products and Daintly Smelling Crotch Wipes. That's why I wanted him to read this. <laughs> <laughs> I've said worse. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Uh, my question for this email is something that I have been encountering with a few shall we say, munchkins, recently in games that I have run, and I thought it might be an interesting topic to talk about. Burp. I can't burp on cue. Thank you. Well done. And then move on from... (laughs) In that order. I can burp on cue. (laughs) Uh, Undoubtedly, a good sign that your players are enjoying the game you're running is when when they can't stop talking about it. Absolutely. turn the page. Pontificating plot points between the times that you meet as a group to kill things and talk in funny voices. But as a GM, how obligated should I feel to accommodate players contacting me about in-game information when the other players aren't present? Hmm. I ask because in my ongoing Necessary Evil game, yes, the one with the former untouchable invisible sorcerer, Uh, Oh, I remember that one. I Mm -hmm. have a player who consistently emails me a few days after the game with build lists for things he wants to craft during the downtime of the note. Tell me how far I get. Delegating supplies the other players can't touch if he can't attend the next session. Side note, out of 500 gallons of gas he claimed as half his own in an email since he discovered it and wasn't present for the next session. And asking requirements to complete tasks he is thinking about performing in the next session so he can look at his supplies to determine if he can accomplish them all in one go. I'm all for giving players information if it's helpful, and I'm glad that the game is so stuck in the minds of my players they can't wait to figure out what to do next. But this kind of micromanaging before the session seems a bit much. I've stuck with the old, we'll talk about this at next session, but the emails keep coming and coming, and the Excel list of items keeps growing, and the rowers keep rowing, and there's no signs they're slowing. <laughs> <laughs> well done. I get that reference. <laughs> I got that one. They're slowing. So what limits? (laughs) So what limits do you have for providing an in-game information between sessions? Thanks, and take two d six plus one damage from my double-sided testicle mace. Ah, now is that a mace made of testicles? That's what I'm thinking. (laughs) That's what I'm imagining. Giant double-sided, double-sided testicles. Uh, Carlin of the Hill People, Kendrick. P.S. I've recently started my own version of Savage Saturday Night with my FLGS to get Savage Worlds noobs introduced to the system. Yay! Through one cheats and uh, Daring Tale series with mixed results in terms uh, turnout. I've used Meetup and even had the store advertising the events regularly to customers. Uh, can you offer advice for getting a grassroots RPG organization going, or are my effect- efforts purely in vain? Oh, first off... No, they're not. I started a gaming group called Gel when I was in high school. The Gamers Enthusiast League. We got t-shirts that said Gamma Epsilon Lambda. Huh. 
and or sweatshirts actually, and it was just a bunch of gaming nerds. And this is in 1983 that we started this thing. I saw a yearbook from like a decade later. Organization still going on. Oh, right. So you might start something that may out not maybe not outlive you, but outlive your involvement in it. So definitely try to start it if you think it's something that should exist. And you know the thing is, you know, I, I knock on Savage Worlds a lot because it's not perfect, and there's a lot of people that think it is, and that bugs me. But it's it's very close to. I think it's probably as close as any game has been to being sort of the Esperanto of role playing games. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like if someone's going to run a con game and something. Savage Worlds is always a, a system that you would consider running something in. Sure. Almost always. You know what I mean? Because it's quick, it's easy, mm-hmm. the prep is real light, you can do a lot with it. Um, and, and, and most importantly, it's easy to teach. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, definitely, you should definitely do it. I can't really give you advice on how to have a successful thing, except you have to devote a lot of time to it, and you have to publicize stuff, and... What I learned in marketing classes is if you're going to send out email blasts to people to let them know to show up for the Savage Night, or you're going to do Facebook posts or Twitter things, people have to see something five times before they do something about it. That's a general, that's a a direct mail marketing rule. So you send out one one email, or you send out one mailer to people... you might get a tenth of a percentage of a response. You send out two, you'll get about the same. Three, you might get a little more. When you, By the time you start getting to five emails or five mailings, when they've seen this thing five times, that's when you start hitting the 10 to 15% response rate. So you have to get on it and you have to stay on it. That's the only thing I'm about that. But that's the second question. That is the, the second question. The first question? Uh, well, it's about... In-game information on uh, inter-game session intervals. Yes, it's uh, not. It's even. It's more than that. It's almost like this guy wants to get one up on all the other. Players. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna because he's like hoarding stuff that they've got and things like that. Mister of the Hill, people, you got to shut that shit down, bro. Now, Joey, you you've done a lot of LARPing. Uh, no, I played one LARP. Okay, that's a lot compared to me. Yeah. Well, my point is, is that you'll see that a lot for like people who are in recurring LARPs is that they will want to have their characters continue doing role play uh, in between sessions, mm-hmm. which sometimes is okay. You know, you know, using vampires as an example because your each session is really ultimately like a an Elysium or something like that. But what sometimes happens is that if you're a storyteller that's adjudicating a, a LARP like that, they will want to have a storyteller present. So basically, you are doing exactly that. You are doing a private audience of two to make sure that you know they're playing fairly or mm-hmm. basically whatever they're doing is logged within the overall chronicle. I, I will say, again, with that, that LARP, it was one campaign, so we did do some of that inter, you know, in-between session um, stuff but that was built into the game at the end of the game uh the following day you'd get an email from the storyteller being like okay so we're not meeting again for a week what is your character doing this week and so it would you'd be able to you know send out i'm gonna look up this stuff online you know for uh my character i'm gonna talk to this person in my uh 
Move the mic a little closer. Move the mic closer, okay. Uh, talk to this person from my tower and try to get more information. Um, so, I mean, that would be a way of... Because he mentions that his players seem to be really interested in keeping the game going when the game's not going. Maybe assigning them homework for the week. Maybe having... And, and also might help uh, this player from monopolizing all the supplies is if everybody's doing or it. Or stealing, maybe right. another way to put it. <laughs> so... Yeah, but oh. so I want to. I see this, all that, but you know, go ahead. I see all that, but in a tabletop game, yeah. normally the next session starts right where the last session ended up. Sure. Mm-hmm. So between sessions, where is that dude going to find the time to do all that? It stuff? It depends how they have the game structured. It, it do- may it not necessarily totally be does. that way. It mm-hmm. totally does. They may have it set up where it's sort of like they they have like missions, and they go on. Okay, we're going to go out and do this. They finish that session, and they come back to their base. And if it's that episodic, I can see it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. The other before side before you interrupted me. Stop. <sighs> <laughs> um, you act like it's your show or something. I know. God. Gosh, what's up with that? <sighs> Go to your own place and form your own podcast, sir. <laughs> so, oh. why problem make when you no problem have you don't want to make? You know, that is actually like the official like soundbite, which is really Stu saying, Go fuck yourself. <laughs> no, totally. Yeah, no, I, I get that. Did you see someone Go? hashtag that? Oh, that's. I did. And the point being is from now on, whenever you play that, I am knowing you're just telling people to go fuck themselves. <laughs> it, it, hey, were you talking to him? I totally was. It, it could be episodic, and in that case, you can fit it in. But but if. One of my thing, pieces of advice to, to Mr. Of the Hill people is. If you are going back to back, you could easily tell him you don't got the time. Second of all, if his actions are affecting the other characters, like for instance, as a group, you found 500 gallons of gas and he wants to abscond with 250 of them, do a little online thing, even if it's in email or you know text or whatever. Just bring the other players in so that they can have some input into that as well. The or, or what I was going to say, but I chose not to because I didn't want to interrupt you. Timothy. Well, thank you, Dave. That was yeah. very cordial of you. So, the, one time I was running a, or, or, or in a game where the uh, or one of the players basically he was going totally off the reservation. Like we were all bunking in for the night, and he said, "Okay, my care." And he took the GM aside, said, "My character is going to go uh, skulk about the village and like start torturing people and whatever you." And so basically, the rest of the players, you know, four of us are just sitting around smoking and having beers while this guy went on for like a two-hour, you know, jaunt, jaunt, yeah, putting. Uh, bamboo underneath the the lord mirrors not fingernails and stuff it really went for a while and you're going couldn't we have done this off camera at some point couldn't you know can't you just jump ahead and say just this is the info you would get let's skip all this so we can bring the party back together you know i've i've had i've had players uh notably rogues in D&D who huh. will pull the party will pull me aside at a game and we'll do so multiple times during a session for like 10 or 15 minute sidebars. And when you start to add it all up, they're getting an hour of my time during one session when everyone else is sitting around staring at their phones. Gotcha. At some point, you got to put, you got to nip that mm-hmm. shit in the, in the bud and just say, you know what? You, you can't do this anymore. If it's only there was fair. some super cool chat client that you could all have on your laptop. Oh, well, yeah. 
you could send things like that, that helps to the a lot. That yeah. helps a lot. The referencing Slack. No, I get the callback. I think this is a good problem to have because you have a player who's very engaged in the game. So part of me is saying. Why problem make when you no problem have you don't want to make right? AKA. Yeah, go fuck yourself. No, <laughs> no, but the guy's super engaged. You, you just maybe have to like not let him steal so much from the rest of the party because at some point that may end up causing a problem. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in game, it may cause a problem, but it may actually cause a problem between the actual players. Maybe like, what the fuck? We're getting all this stuff, and you're like hoarding it all. Um, so who knows? But I mean, I, when when I have I, I, when I have players contact me about stuff, usually it's theories. It's like, so I have this theory about what's going on. I just want to bounce it off. You don't have to tell me if I'm right, but I just want you to hear my theory. I'm like, well, I always want to hear that because it might be a better idea than what I'm working on. But those, to me, that's good stuff. It really well, is. You know. The other side is that the, uh, the the game I'm running for you guys, mm-hmm. uh, when I sent out that email before the game starts, I said, tell me what you want to do beforehand because you guys aren't officially brought together anyway. Right. So I might as well know. And if you guys decide, you know, this is a good time for me to go to Shanghai and, you know, learn how to smoke heroin or whatever, you know. And it's like, okay. Then <laughs> That's the best lessons you're going to get. <laughs> then, okay, for the next couple of hours or days before the game, right. I'm going to write out, you know. Stew in an opium den. <laughs> the motion picture. Right. So That was a really funny movie. It was. I like the sequel. Which movie are you talking about? Svengali. Oh, oh, I thought you were talking about another one. <laughs> Svengali is a funny movie. This makes no sense to anybody else. So just so everybody understands this. So the game that Stu is referencing, he is playing Svengali in it. And so he went to go back and see, uh, uh, watch the 1931 movie. 1931. I, I only knew Svengali as, as a phrase used to describe people who prop up, yeah. you know, up and coming musicians. But I, I, I wasn't about to read the novel. No, which is called Trilby. <laughs> yes. No, I thought you were making a reference to the fact that there really is a movie called Stew in an Opium Den. <laughs> or like Stew in an Opium Den Part 2 on Stranger Times. I had no idea. Really? Yeah. Is it on Netflix? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to have to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> and in the chat room, they say the sequel, Stew, goes to the appellate court. <laughs> <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. Right. So, I, I, I don't know. Have we answered his question? <laughs> Uh, <sighs> why problem have when you no problem? My make, problem you make, make when you. Uh, oh, that's right. I fucked it up. Damn. But I, I, I wouldn't let him steal, and that's what he's trying to do. It seems like it. Thank you of the hill people. Yes, thank you. Thank of you, the hill people. T uh, HP. Gaming nightmare: The Book of Dragnor. From Colin. Now, I really love this one. I'd love us to take turns on this one. All right. Speak. I'll read the first paragraph. Be my guest. Gather round, ye gentle members of the douche, Douchey Pop Guild. We represent the Douchey Pop, Pop Guild. Guild. Pop Pop Guild. <laughs> I will re- re- regale you with a story from the days of myth and legend when beer flowed like wine. 
not like beer, in the halls of dorm, and the mighty bellows of that guy were heard throughout the quad. His thighs were like, were as miracle whip. His belly was the god's own cream cheese. His hair like the bowl cut of the transcendent page boy. He was such a man who would boast his deeds to the cute RA. That's what, resident assistant? I think so, Uh, yeah. Resident advisor? Okay. That's the person that lives in the dorm who's the one that tells you to shut up. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Bragging of the many hours per day he would practice with his ninja swords. Such a man who would shout from open windows at the dirty hacksaws online, cowing them with the might of his immoderate yop. Tim? <laughs> I'm turning the page. Oh, my God. He lived on my floor. He saw us playing in the common room. Uh-oh. We were obliged to let him join. Said he, I always play a ranger. He always has a wolf companion. His name is always Drangor. And we lesser mortals cast about for signs of irony, but found only the light. Absurditude? Absurditude? Yeah. Ah, I can't. This light is bad. I can't. It's glasses. The light of certitude. The light of certitude (laughs) burning in his small pink eyes. (coughs) Joey. And with a voice made of timor- timorous? Mm-hmm. Made timorous, <laughs> sorry. With a voice made timorous by that guy's presence, our DM did say that sewer stretches before you. Foul water knee-deep recedes into the gloom. As you take the first few steps forward, you feel something at your ankles. Make a reflex save. Dun-dun-dun! And Dragnor did fail his reflex save, and lo, did he faceplant into filth. For there were many tripwires within the sewers, and the tripwires did enrage that guy. To such excess did he run, shouting throughout the waterways, falling and tripping all the while, his faithful wolf falling and tripping at his side. The Thieves' Guild, for such slimy places are ever their haunts, soon heard our blunderings, and we did give battle, and for a time it was good. But soon the party came through the murk and blood to our place of meeting, there to find a holy agent of the gods beneath the palace of the king. For that evening was a gathering of nobles, and a royal ball was our destination. Stu? No. Quick, he said. Change into this fine raiment which I have brought for you, for I suspect a fiend of darkness, darkest hell, has come amongst the guests, and even now dances with our fair princess. We did as the priest bid us, and soon stood in darkness, decked out in finery. Next, said the holy man, you must give up such weapons as you cannot conceal, for the guards are suspicious, and will not let sharp steel near his majesty. 
and as we lesser folk unburdened ourselves of bow and blade, a look of fury came to Dragnor's countenance. (laughs) 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 For he would not part with the legendary sword Special Snowflake. As God is my witness, the next (laughs) swords and sorcery character in any system I play or run will have a weapon named Special Special Snowflake. Snowflake. (laughs) A great battle then shook the dorms as that guy gave vent to his frustrations. Cries of, it's what my character would do, and Dragnor will not go unarmed, buffeting our cowering DM. Buffeting. And what did I say? Buffeting. Buffeting. Does that mean eating? Oh, oh my God, Stuart. The food here is just awful. And such small portions. But the prices, how can you argue? <laughs> and the game... This is the one to go to the innies, right here. <laughs> uh, and the game did end without a ball, without a fiend, without a princess saved. For that guy held fast Dragnor's beliefs, and thus lay waste to the campaign forever. Book of Dragnor, chapter 5 and 6. P.S. Please drink, for we poor sinners accursed in the eyes of Drangor. And P.P.S. Shameless plug, I write a tabletop comic over at handbookofheroes.com. Please plug it for we poor sinners, unworthy though we be in the eyes of Drangor. This is a unmarked Ral Parther. Please don't touch. You're going to be looking at it. Wow, that's that's something. Don't yell at people. I heard Special Snowflake was playing Coachella next year. Are they? Mm, hey. Yeah. Well. <laughs> um, yeah. I just noticed in the chat room is uh, one of the guys from my very, very long GURPS game. Which one? Uh, Chronovore. Hey, Chronovore. Back in college. And I told him the next time that he's in town, he needs to come on the show because he's he keeps he, he keeps correcting me. He's like, "Dude, that story you told, you got it tire- entirely wrong. What is wrong with your memory?" I'm like, "No, it wasn't. No, it no, that's not what happened." So he has to come in and set me straight because apparently he has a better memory than I do. He's slightly younger than I am, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not gonna go there. Not gonna let you set me up on that one. So, how many games are you running? At the con? Uh, three on books, and then the fourth. Okay. I'm now running two on books, and one. Yes. Uh, Bedlam Hall, sa- Friday and Saturday at 2, <coughs> and then Sunday morning at 9 a.m. is the Spirit of 77. First time I've run it, all the Antichrist's men. Oh, really? Yes. The Antichrist's men. This one's brand new. Really? Mm-hmm. I you, know, you want uh, to say anything about it, or you want to spoil it? Uh, it's basically, uh, Parallax View meets the Dead Zone. I know, why are you... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Parallax View is. Uh, oh, 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 uh, The Omen meets, uh, the Dead Zone. Oh, okay. There right. you go. Okay. okay. What about you, Timmy? I'm running half a game. Only half? I thought you were actually running another one. They're ru- no. no, they're running six oh, games. Oh, no, no, no. Dave, Dave's the one that's running the Ford's game. The yeah. one that's uh, Dave, uh, Dave's running Fling Dag Bond. Dave's, Dave's running two games. Yes. Uh, He's co-running with Stork, and it's the same game we play-tested, actually. Yes. And I think there's 
at least part of a recording of it because my recording equipment wasn't quite up to snuff yeah. at that point and we had a problem but that's a fun game and that's in tales of the floating bag of mm-hmm. vagabond first, first edition, edition. Yeah, the so one that's you know published. available yeah <laughs> so so dave's running that game with stork and then he and i are running our um game of many systems and yep. you are i i know you're running big blue monkeys i'm running yeah, I'm, I'm running well, vast dominions um, the- actually it's vast dominions <laughs> <laughs> so Dave's going to run those games alone, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm running Moment of Truth Saturday at 9 a.m. And my son is going to be with me for the convention. So uh, I'm going to, I just signed up, just now, signed up for to run Hero Kids, which is the only children's RPG I own. And I... <laughs> I bought it on Drive Through RPG, and I, I just went online and bought an adventure because he he's published twelve adventures for it. Uh-huh. So I just got an adventure for it, which I will um, modify heavily because it's mostly fights. But um, I'm going to run that at two on Sunday, and that's for kids because I'm Zachary wants something to do. So I'm like, you and five other players. Joey, what about you? Are you going to be there? I'm going to try. I'm going to see what I can work out. Uh, but I am currently, something I should have mentioned in my, my bio, I forgot, but the shameless plug reminded me, uh, I am a part of another podcast. Do tell. What's oh, the name of that podcast? Right. I yeah. keep forgetting about that. Um, so we are running, an, it's an actual play podcast for a game system we're developing, uh, basically a Harry Potter RPG. Hey! Uh, we're calling it Wizard Cops. It's basically a game system to play Ors. Uh, our current system, we are playing as Ors in New York City. And, uh, you know, fighting evil wizards and doing all that kind of fun stuff. We've been playing for almost two years now. It'll be coming oh, up really? two years at the end of October. And, uh, yeah, we just had our first alpha play test for our, our actual system for the game. And mm-hmm. it's it's coming along. It's a lot of work to do, but it's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, role-playing games, yeah. you start making it, and you realize, oh, a whole lot, lot of extra <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we spent so much time on the uh, the first ten, uh, scenario, we finally got to the, the big bad at the end of the the system, and every group just breezed through it. We couldn't figure out what the heck happened. So now we're going back, like, how do we rebalance it? Was it? Did we make them too weak? Were the characters too strong? Uh, eventually want to expand it so you can play as a student starting at Hogwarts at year one. But right now you're kind of setting right now as an adult Auror uh, with different spells you can use. Auror meaning A-U-R-E-R, right? A-U-R-O-R. A-U-R-O-R. Right. It's just a dark wizard catcher or a wizard cop. Right. Um... You know, actually, the file just whiz cops is per- wizard cops is pretty. Good. <laughs> like, yeah, right there it gets right in there. The oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, wizard cops. Did, is there a URL for that? Yes, uh, I'm really bad at this. Yeah, www.wizardcops.com has it's our main website has all the uh, the lore that we wrote for the Wizarding World in the U.S., which came out before J.K. Rowling's recent update, which we think ours is a little better. Sorry. Uh, what is, what is her canon for it? Oh, it's the ha- she has one wizarding school like uh, American analog to Hogwarts. Oh, Fantastic Beasts. No beasts. Well, yeah, but uh, the yeah. Fantastic Beasts is going to be tied to it. But there's uh, they basically have a Hogwarts in the U.S. called uh, Ivermori, and it has four different houses. And reading her lore, 
it's difficult for someone not born in the U.S. I think to understand. She, it sounds like she made a, another British. Yeah, there's a lot of British school, analogs. Right. And one of the things we ran into, because we wanted to draw uh, from different uh, magic practices in the U.S. I fi- See, to me, my, the first thing I think of, if, if you're going to have a magical institution in the United States, it's going to be run by Native Americans. We have, yeah. the way we developed it was we don't have one school, like a boarding school. Ours is colleges. So there are different colleges throughout the country mm-hmm. that specialize in different types of magic. So you have, you know, the Salem Institute. Uh, you have a school in Louisiana for voodoo. You have a right. school in the Southwest for Native American magics. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar one in the Northwest for a different kind of Native American. For Ameri- pot smokers. Actually, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's all botany. It's no joke. All about botany. We, we weren't laughing at that. It was Northern <laughs> California Sensamia. Are, are you doing this with uh, like the serial numbers filed off so that it can be... Yeah, Actually, it's, or is it more a fan work? Right now, it's more of a fan work. the The game system we're working on, we are we're trying to make it as vague as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. On the podcast, obviously, we're using actual names for spells, uh, just because you know we're playing it as kind of a fan service to to Harry Potter. But in the actual can, um, system we're working on, it'll be instead of uh, Expelliarmus, which is a disarming spell, it'll just be mm-hmm. disarm. Mm. Uh, things like that until we can kind of figure out better names for things. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, sounds cool. Oh, I got one more plug. Yeah. Uh, we just came out with a new double feature adventure that's available through Drive Through RPG. That's the one that's. For uh, Spirit? Yeah, Nine Lives in the Fast Lane, which I uh, debuted a couple of strategic cons back, which basically was my homage to. Uh, uh, Joe Walsh and the Eagles, mm-hmm. but but mostly Joe Walsh because he's the coolest, right? And then the Guns of Brixton, so that's available through Drive Through RPG Double Feature Number Three. When you do the when you when you release adventures for that, mm-hmm. um, do you like include like extra playbooks or anything? Uh, usually, uh, this one actually includes a specialty role called the Fixer. Basically, it's allowing you to become play Winston Wolf. And uh, when for the actual play that we did with the Kaboom show, uh, Stork was playing the escape artist, you know, the, the Doug Henning-esque character, and right. that was actually in addition to one of the double features that was already published. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. You said in the wolf? Shit, man, that's all you had to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually... Uh, a, a friend of mine, Melinda Smith, she said, can, how can I play a fixer in Spirit of 77? I said, uh, wait till the double feature, and then went home and immediately <laughs> created one. You know, and like, oh, figure that out. You know. here, here, Mel. Uh, all right. Is that it? Wow, actually. Yeah. Uh, a little over two hours. Yeah, it's been a long show. <laughs> Has it? There, at, least there, at least we got right to it, and there was no... Side conversations, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, we've yeah. been we've been crazy on topic. It's been. Oh, rad. does anyone have a tip? Because we forgot the tip at the beginning of the episode. I do. Oh wait. <laughs> the tip of the week. Check your watch. One of the things that I think is a dying art for GMs is pacing. And I do believe that pacing is just as important as the plot that you develop or the conflicts the characters have. So when you are running your game session, be sure to note when you are expecting uh, the, the 
end of game to take place roughly and then be able to pay attention so you can time your story beats appropriately. Although obviously you want to make sure the characters have full uh, autonomy in their actions, you want to make sure that they have the opportunity to face what you intend and be able to pivot according to their actions and your storyline. So remember, check your watch. That's actually a really good tip. Mm-hmm. That's just a place marker until I actually have a thing for it. Timing! Damn it! I was going to say it myself. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> I was waiting longer because it would have been funnier if I waited longer. <laughs> that's an old... That's, there was a huge joke at the Renaissance Fair. <laughs> you the most important part of comedy. Timing. And then, oh. there's different ways to do it. Ask me. Go, ask me. What's you ask me. <laughs> What's the Go most ahead. important part of, of comedy? No, I asked knock, him. Knock, knock. Oh. I asked him to ask me. Knock, knock. Who's there? Impatient cat. Timing. <laughs> <laughs> but it... Moo! <laughs> at fair, we would go a day and a half. <laughs> and some of us would go, oh, uh, timing. And it would be a day later. It was like this big, stupid running joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to end the show. Thank you very much for listening. And thank you, Stu, for having us on. Oh, thank yes, you thank for coming. You, on. Thank you for, for braving the horrible traffic on the way to Pasadena. And well done to our newest member, Joey. Joey, of course, is a full-fledged member, not a probie. Thank <laughs> you. I can't believe he didn't recognize Charles Nelson Riley. Did you know he was I Burt Reynolds' acting coach? Really? Drama coach? Yes. In fact, in his uh, uh, documentary about where he part of this one man show he explains it's the funniest story ever where he talks about how when Burt Reynolds was really uh, really really successful he gave keys to a house to Charles Nelson Riley uh, you know in uh, or in gratitude for teaching him you know the, the craft of acting and as he took him up there he you know was walking up to the front door and, and Burt stops right there in the walkway and he won't take a step forward and Charles asks you know so what's the problem and he goes well Sally and I used to have this place you know because he had a long term yeah, relationship with so, Sally Fields right. and I associate this place with with Sally and I just can't go in because it just brings up too too many memories and then Charles says well give me the keys I didn't even know the bitch <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, okay oh yeah this <laughs> Thank you for joining us for Season 17, Episode 13 of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. Dave 77. Joey Nestra. And I'm Proby Tim. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you this weekend. Well, not this weekend, but next weekend at uh, Gateway 2016. And check it out on strategicon.net. That's right. Thank you for joining us. We'll leave you with a song. Oh, I almost forgot. Timing. So 
I get it now. Good morning to your fair maid, your tending your flock. What brings you so early unto this green spot? My father's in the field and he's waiting for me. Call the owls to the nows, Molly and me. Call the owls to the nows, Molly and me. My father's a shepherd herding sheep on the hill. If you get his sanction, I'll be at your will. And if he does grant it, then right glad I'll be. Call the owls to the nows, Molly and me. Call the owls to the nows, Molly and me. Good morning to you, old man. You're counting your flock. Could you spare me a ewe lamb for to keep up my stock? Then grass for to feed her on yonder green lee. Call the owls to the nows, Molly and me. Call the owls to the nows, Molly and me. Gang down to yon burn side and choose your ain lamb. You can get it as easy as any man can. And grass for to feed her on yonder green leaf. Call the owls to the nows, Molly and me. Call the owls to the nows, Molly and me. So Tommy, step forward, cut Molly by the hand. And right for her father, this couple did stand, saying, This is the ewe lamb that I asked from thee. Call the owls to the nows, Molly and me. Call the owls to the nows, Molly and me. Oh, Tommy, oh, Tommy, it's me you beguiled. I sure did not think that you meant my own child. And since I have said it, well, then let it be. Call the owls to the owls, Molly and me. Call the owls to the owls, Molly and me. Call the owls to the owls, Molly and me. Seating program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.